be on the dugout. Lace them up and we run out. Step up to the place, swing away, or you get struck out. Picture on the mound like you don't wanna face this. Hit it so hard, you be running around the bases. Do it for your teammates, do it for the fan. Do it for your city, true ballers understand. You gotta work together, you gotta find a way. Put your body on the line and make that play. Be on the dugout. Lace them up and we run out. Step up to the place, swing away, or you get struck out. Picture on the mound like you don't wanna face this. Hit it so hard, you be running around the base. Be on the dugout. 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 And welcome to Prime Time. First time ever on a Saturday night here, 28th of August. At Beyond the Dugout, I am Jason Goobies, aka Chopper. And with me, the ever kept in one room, kept in one suburb, kept in one place, is Damien Collins under COVID restrictions. <laughs> Kia ora, bro. Yeah, yeah, under COVID restrictions and home sweet home, upper huts. Um, but, mate, it's been a hell of a week indoors. We've made the most of it. It's been some fun times on the Zoom, I tell you that much. It has been indeed, bud, and uh, it's just about getting back used to that uh, lockdown lifestyle. Went for a walk this morning, uh, and so the legs are still sore, to be honest with you, but uh, I've replaced it with some amber liquid in, in just a couple of minutes. Good man, good man. Good to see you having that amber liquid again, mate. You know, yeah. since you wouldn't have it with me and our, and our stubby holders, which you can get online from Facebook. Uh, yeah, no. I, I, I sure, hope you've yeah. had our beer out of our stubby holders eventually. I have been, I can tell you now that Beyond the Dugout stubby holders are getting a thrashing uh, right now. Yeah, uh, and a um, great photo with you and B, man. <laughs> so a great photo with you and B, man. Oh, <laughs> that's your daughter, eh? It is. Yeah, so I'm locked down. My daughter's uh, back up um, from Wellington, from university, because uh, they can't do anything at the moment. And she is actually in the room, uh, but being quiet, decided to send a whole bunch of texts. So thank you for medicine for doing that. And Chopper still being the guy that has notifications on his phone. Hey, and I just turn your phone on silent one time. I tell you what, turn Madison on silent one time. That'll be a miracle. We're still trying to find that remote and that button. I know. What's up with trying to get another dog? He got a dog, mate. Be happy with it. <laughs> you can't think. Oh, you know me, my philosophy. Dogs got to have a friend as well, mate. They sure do. That's why I've got two. Talking about a friend, um, the sport this week. There hasn't been a hell of a lot going on. I must admit, I uh, jumped back on the Warriors bandwagon last night, tried to support them 16-0 up, felt pretty good. <laughs> and then the Warriors do what the Warriors do, don't they? Uh, last night, oh, well, I'm glad what I saw was um, up until halftime. So what I saw was uh, I was stoked about until I didn't, until you said it before, actually. Yeah. I thought I thought we had it in the bag, but uh, obviously not. Good old, good old Warriors. So did I. I thought we had it in the bag. Warriors. Went down a screaming heat to the Raiders, 28-16. 28 unanswered points. Uh, there, that is the Warriors season done and doesn't. Thank God for that. Uh, but it might worse than that last night, unfortunately, a nasty clash with the Trail Mitchell from the Sydney City Roosters. I'm oh, sorry, Rabbitohs uh, taking on the Roosters against Manu, a shoulder-to-head clash. Manu is out for the season with a broken eye socket, and I think Latrell Mitchell will be out on the sidelines uh, with a penalty uh, because of it. Yeah, is that the guy that blew, held his nose and like went to blow it, blow it or something, and it just his eye and his cheekbone popped out? You see that? Maybe, oh, I don't know about not. that, but it, oh, it definitely it did not look good, man. Yeah. It did not look good as he was walking uh, off the field. Uh, he was already 
Yeah, that was pretty bad. Poor guy. We wish him the best recovery. Latrell Mitchell, to be fair, doesn't really have a, a bad bone in his body. It was just a clash that went wrong, but he should have had better control, and he's going to pay the price. He probably will miss the whole of the playoff series. Talking about the playoffs, there's only one this weekend and one more week of games before that. The top eight is pretty much set, except for the eighth spot, so that should be interesting going forward. Canberra, Cronulla, the Titans, and believe it or not, West Tigers could still sneak in the door, but we're kind of used to the Tigers being ahead of the Warriors on the table, so that's all good. Mm-hmm. We're used to everyone being ahead of the Warriors on the table. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> Do you know what? There's only one good thing about the Warriors this year. We could, we won't get the wooden spoon, so so that's good. And but the other good thing come is, boys, come home, come home. Yeah, yeah, they'll get to come home, so good on the Mad Monday will be good for them. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it'll be Mad Quarantine. Monday times 14, because okay. they left the quarantine when they get back. But um, like yeah, good. It'd be a mad yeah. Yeah, couple of weeks. <laughs> nah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, other sports still going. Baseball in the States is strong, mate. Um, and all the same usual things. I think the, the only big talking point this week was, uh, involved my team, uh, the Dodgers taking on San Diego. Uh, they played in a 16 innings Marathon. Now, 16 innings is not unusual in baseball in the past, but ever since they brought in the um, runner starts on two tiebreaker rule uh, in the last couple of years, it's the longest game ever since then. So 16 innings, what other Dodgers do um, pick up the win? And the end there, 4-2 was against uh, San Diego, swept them just saying, titties, my bad. All I know, mate, is I don't have to stress out about getting my picks in at 9 a.m. every morning for fantasy <laughs> baseball because I'm out. I can You're I can out. relieve I can breathe a sigh of relief. So thank you. Indeed. Hey, uh, um, Pasco picking up the silver medal in the Paralympics the other day. That was pretty cool. And and, and I was told not even her marquee event. No, she's pretty special, old Sophie. Yeah, it's uh, she's been um, setting the standard in the Paralympics uh, for our country for the last few, and it's good that she's still going strong. And yeah, fair, fair juice to Pasco, and hope she has a strong, strong games. Yeah, no, she's been around for a while and been doing it for herself for quite a while. And uh, of course, these the other girl from Mangani East, uh, Tupo Neufi. Apologise if I got that wrong. She picked up the gold medal in the uh, uh, backstroke 100 metres. So that's our first two medals in the Paralympics, one gold. And, uh, and of course, uh, Pasco with the silver. So good on them. Yeah, Pasco from Christchurch. Nice Google, bud. You got it under control. You know it. You know it. Talking about Google, we don't need to do that anymore for Jimmy Wonder. I'm so glad last week's episode we got a chance to um, – to tell his story to the New Zealand public and international public. Uh, and the ICs, they know him well in New Zealand. They do know him, but not as well as I'd like to. And, and I think uh, it was great to tell a story last week. Being a part of this journey with you um, and getting to know this other side of, of softball history has just been special. And and it is one thing that a lot of Kiwis um, haven't really paid attention in the, in the past is when our boys go offshore, um, the news doesn't filter back unless you're actually invested, unless you're actually interested. I mean, I think one of my first podcasts out of, out of radio school was the, the great overseas podcast, um, Rugby OE podcast. And it was just all the boys that go over to England and it was them telling their stories of being overseas and, and stuff like that. 
our boys go over and dominate, eh? And, and a lot of people don't know what they do in those different fields. And we have a lot of softballers that are all world, you know, won championships and, and got some pretty impressive rings to show for it and some amazing stories. And it's, it's cool that Jimmy was um, one of those people that came out pre-COVID to sit down with us at, uh, at the couch and um, get his through. It was pretty cool. So... International World Cup gold medals, one junior, one senior, four IC, three ASA, seven domestic club national titles. I mean, dude, the guy's a legend. Simple as that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's um just playing. Like he's even got a he's even got a gold as a as a coach, as part of the staff. So yeah, nah, awesome, awesome C V. Hell of a guy, great story, and um, yeah, it's it's uh it branches um various generations and, and still involved. Yeah, indeed, man. Pretty cool. Uh, of course, a little bit sad, a little bit happy today. Uh, sad in the state that um, we should have been uh, presenting. You should have been emceeing. We should have been presenting and broadcasting the Sopliners um, annual awards uh, evening to be hosted in Wellington uh, tonight. Of course, COVID has said no to that uh, this time. But we have some big news today. We sure do. Are we allowed to share it at the moment, are we? We sure are, man. It's an exclusive for Beyond the Dugout. And our guest tonight, Donnie Howe, has been inducted into the Sopo New Zealand Hall of Fame. Mate, legend, legend career. And now it's uh, going into the hall, uh, history books. I was already there, but... Um, to uh, sit down with this uh, with this guy a couple of days ago and uh, actually hear the story, such a humble man that just loves the game, you know, at, at um, whatever part he's been of it, and um, he, he's won some championship. He's got some stories, and um, he's got some mates that uh, are pretty special to him that we um, managed to tap into as well. Yeah, it is. It is indeed, um, dude. You know what the thing is with uh, with legends like this is. Um, they, they are known so well in the game for, for what they've done, but normally also what type of people they are. And he's a top-notch bloke, Tony Howe. You're going to get to find out a bit about that in this next kind of an hour and a half to a couple of hours. This, this is going to be a big one uh, for him. But before I go any further, talking about Donny, of course, I should mention the other two uh, inductions into the Sopo New Zealand Hall of Fame uh, tonight. Of course, those awards will be given out at a later, t- a later date. Um, but it is official uh, going in. It is June Fitzpatrick. She is um, uh, going to be the first dominant pitcher for the New Zealand women's softball team, and um, she goes in as well. She She's um, one of those, I'm told, back in the day, mate, just age 19 when she made her debut, but was uh, one of the inspirational players at the time, inspirational pitcher, and it's great to see um, that accolade go to her and her family tonight. Fantastic, June. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Nineteen to get get the call of, as you understand, um, mate. At that age or any age to represent and 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 get this recognition later in life. Um, she must have done something special. Donnie also goes in with one of his fellow teammates, mate. There's a whole era of them, to be fair. Mm. Uh, and this one's uh, going to be the greatest centre fielder that New Zealand has ever had. Ben Anoka's trying to make his stamp in that position at the moment now. But, however, the man who trailblazed centre field for New Zealand for the Black Sox for so long, transformed that position as a power, had a lead-off hitter as well, is uh, Wellington's Thomas Markia will go into the hall as well. 
Larry the Mary, as he as he as he told us, as he shared to the world on on one of the episodes of Beyond the Dugout, um, another special special person in our game of our sports uh, of softball in New Zealand, and um, yeah, really cool to see number twenty one to to go into the hall with number twenty two. It is indeed, and of course we did. We, um, Thomas I, it's been a few t- a few few moments since I said retire some numbers. Yeah, <laughs> that's going to be another conversation to come up for sure. It was a few weeks ago we did Larry uh, on the pod. I think we might, uh, with his induction to the Supple New Zealand Hall of Fame, uh, we might add him into another episode somewhere uh, along the line soon. Um, uh, might wait until he gets his award first, so uh, we'll, we'll see how we can fit that in. But uh, Donny Howe, mate, a legend of the sport throughout New Zealand, Japan and the USA. Let's get to him. Yeah, let's go. Number 22 might be synonymous for a lot of people in softball, but it's three WBC World Gold Medal Championships, numerous club and provincial championships domestically in New Zealand to go with his five IC world titles as well as everything else going. He is the Kiwi Samoan heritage and is none other than the legendary slugger, Donny Howe, that joins us here on Beyond the Dugout. Kia ora, e hoa o kanitiwa. <laughs> Kia ora. Thanks, Chots. Uh, thanks, Damien, for having me on. Thanks, guys. Kia ora, Donny. Thank you for coming on. I know you were so confident about this, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so confident, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, too much, cuz, too much. Bro, it's beautiful to see your beautiful face uh, with us today here on Beyond the Dugout, man. And uh, I can't help, bro, watching that uh, little injury video uh, there of some of the snippets of uh, your at-bats at times across the world uh, and uh, Japan, New Zealand, uh, and all over the place, bro. It, it just gives you tingles of the spine and makes me go back to the moments when I saw you hit and do those wonderful feats because how does it feel for you? Watching that video? Oh, yeah, man, it was uh, some goosebumps, you know. Um, happy, man. Yeah, actually, like, oh, cool. It's going to give me some good uh, confidence going into next week's um, league games. <laughs> Yeah, that's the one, Kaz, of course. Thank you for taking the time, Bo, uh, in Japan at the moment, uh, right in the middle of uh, the Japanese professional season over there. I guess before we go any further, Kaz, uh, as an all uh, tradition here in Aotearoa, more here, queer, Kaz, where are you from? What's your genealogy? Genealogy, uh, New Zealand Samoan, um, born and raised in Auckland. Um, yeah, that's about it, basically. Proud too, cuz. Proud. Mean. <laughs> um, at the moment, and we just touched on, uh, you're in Japan. Uh, I mean, you've been a 20-year career with the Black Sox, but that almost matches the amount of time you've also been uh, playing professionally in Japan as well, cuz. What, what is it like to be in Japan? It's, it's an experience. Um, it's actually a cool experience. You know, obviously, we um, experience a different way of playing softball. Um and then the culture, uh, culture shock. Definitely, if you can get over the culture shock, man, um, then it's, it becomes easy. Uh, love the food here. 
it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then just the challenge of playing in, uh, in a different country, um, softball wise. Yeah, hard. Um, one thing I remember the very first time I got to see Japan play, they came to Akina Park in Hastings. Uh, we're playing Hawks Bay, must have been a tour they were doing at the time. Um, and uh, and I was lucky enough to get to play them that night. Um, but there were a couple of things I remember distinctly from that game. One was during their warm up before the match, they just started making this noise of communication that started then and kind of finished after the third out of the seventh innings. They just didn't stop the whole game. The other one was um, the amount of respect that they have for the game and each other, their coach, the opposition, the umpire. <clears throat> I'd never ever seen that level of respect of the game before. Yeah, uh, it's, it's ingrained in them from a young age. Um, you know, when you talk about the respect of uh, uh, your elders, uh, more so the senpais, your seniors, um, the people involved, umpires and all. Uh, when you talk about like uh, them cheering, man, it, it's expected for expected of them to cheer from right from when they do the warm up all the way through the game. And if you don't, you get a clip. You get a clip over the ear. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just it's just ingrained from them from a young age to the uh, from whatever sport they do. Um, so you see it quite often. And like say when when they toured uh, New Zealand, it's uh, it's it's a great uh, it's cool to see a different way of um, playing the game. Too much, bro. Too much. Cool indeed. Because if we can rewind uh, kind of back to the beginning, bro, where did, where did, uh, where did you grow up uh, in Auckland and, and what did that look like? <laughs> where I grew up? Uh, where was it? Uh, Central Auckland. I grew up around there. Mm. And, and then um, the family moved out to West, West Auckland, Calston. So the, the most of you know, our high school years out of Calston. Yeah. Um, and they basically just stayed out west. Um, so yeah, well, just considered myself as a westy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Damien's like arms out, yeah, because he, Damien's even got the black jeans because he he won't take them off when we go places either. Born, born in West Auckland, grew up in Upper Hutt. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, I don't I don't own a pair of black jeans. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's right. Damien's got all the pairs for you. Don't worry about it, mate. Yeah, they go with my shoes, chop. <laughs> yeah, no joke. No joke. Um, uh, obviously, we know softball is going to be a sport we're going to talk about in a bit, but was there any other codes that you ever were involved with growing up that was uh, that were, were enjoyable for you? Yeah, I started off, um, mom got me in, my mum got me into soccer. Yep. And uh, at a young age, and, you know, I was pretty good at it. And um, uh, then sort of graduated into more of uh, rugby, rugby league. Um, more so just to hang out with mates and play nice. rugby league um, to, until I got knocked out and it was like, oh, yeah, no, nah, not, that's not for me. And then <laughs> went to basketball, uh, dabbled into basketball, uh, had, had to go with basketball, um, actually uh, um, played Division Three for White Tech, um, went to two tournaments and that was a cool experience. Um, you know, um, what are the sports? Yeah, and then, wow. Basically, after that, it was more softball. Once, uh, um, once I got a bit more serious in softball, it became full-time. And then, obviously, full-time when I started traveling. Yeah. What was um, – uh, you took that rugby league, I because it's kind of one of my favorite sports too. What position? 
Uh, wing. Yeah. Man, I was quite small, so you know, they, we had some big boys. So they, um, remember 21s, under 21s for Glenora. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, nah, put me out the wing, man. <laughs> then I go, <laughs> then, 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 then I have a couple of games at centre. Then no, yeah, now, now I'm fullback. And then fullback, that was a disaster because the guy, um, you know, you're sort of lining up your, your backs and then the centre would just yeah. drift off and leave a massive gap for like the biggest dude on the other team. We we're playing yeah. Richmond. And then he just steams through. Steam, yeah, roll through the um the gap and I'm like what a sad guy and then you know I just have to try <laughs> to tackle him, but he just yeah. runs over me and I just you know uh, just, yeah. just clip his legs and he he falls over. But it's like oh man, that was sore. Well, I've seen consolation, man. We play uh, Masters Rugby League these days, and we played Glenora uh, a couple of weekends ago. I but honestly, in the first half, I think Glenora scored like. 15 tries. Whoa. We scored none. <sighs> tough first half, guys. Those guys are good out west, mate. Good. Good. Um, bro, when did softball start for you? Um, unofficially, the first first game I actually played softball, um, a friend from, from primary school was like, uh, yo, man, um, we're actually short on the day, so... Yeah. Come along and uh, fill in for us. So, you now head down to to the park and um, bare feet and all. Because man, no new shoes back then. Yeah. Huh. Uh, no How glove. <laughs> Ten years old. Yeah. Ten years old yeah. when I started that. So go down there and then uh, no glove and it's like oh yeah, go in there and have a go. And um, so I actually borrowed a glove from the opposing team. So, so yeah. it's sort of like, you know, when you're at school, you, it's like, oh, you get nine gloves and then one team yeah. goes in and you hand the glove over to the next team that goes on. Perfect. So that. Yeah, that was cool. And actually had three home runs in that game. So I was like, oh, no. I like this game. Yeah, <laughs> three home runs. I actually like this game. So the following year, I, um, the old man uh, got me in, uh, registered in with uh, Bay Cougars. Yeah. Bay Cougars out of, uh, out of Blockhouse Bay and... Um, yeah, that was, uh, I believe, under 12s. So, yeah, first official game was like 11 years old. So, the snotty nose, Samoan Kiwi boy, no shoes, <laughs> no glove, rocks up at 11 years old, or 10 years old, and smacks three home runs in his first game. Yeah. So, yeah, you can imagine it's like, oh, this game's easy. <laughs> no wonder his career makes complete sense now, Damien, don't you think? It sure does, yeah. Been doing it from day <laughs> dot. <laughs> yeah, don't know what the rest of you fellas did. Jesus Christ. Yeah. No, no, that's awesome, bro. That is awesome. Hey, um, uh, obviously you've had a long and storied career because uh, coming through all the age groups. Oh, actually, before I get to that, when did you first um, pick up the art of pitching? Because not a lot of people know that about Donny Hell, but that's that's where your start was, right? Yeah, uh, pretty much straight after... Oh, the following year when um when I was eleven years old um uh well, I actually started in um, primary school so yeah, yeah. primary school uh, at school um, they were playing softball and then um you know uh, back then no one could pitch there they were all like just underhand sort of styles yeah. and uh, I actually started watch uh, go to my dad's games watching playing Division One for Bay Cougars and it was like it piqued my interest in pitching so. Actually got some uh, his pitcher at the time, Jerry Tom, to give me some tips, and then went back the following year to uh, primary school when we um, when softball was uh, part of the module. Then 
you know, I, was, I actually pitched and then it was actually all right. So then the following year with Bay Cougars, I started pitching then. Then, actually, yeah, and, and I enjoyed and, it. Yeah, that was going to be a question, bro. Did you enjoy that part of the game? Yeah, no, I, yeah, early on I enjoyed it. Yeah, definitely, it was it was cool to to pitch the you know the, get the ball, be the main person, and and strike out people. Um, and it was yeah. cool to learn new new um, new grips, you know, because back then it was just drop ball, and then all of a sudden I was like, oh, you can throw a curveball. It's like, yeah, you want to be a throw a curveball? Yeah, it was cool. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it didn't last long because you know, obviously, as you go up, as you get older, uh, higher in the grades, um, uh, it gets a little bit harder. But then, I also enjoyed hitting, and so it got to a point where uh, it was either pitching or hitting, and I I, I hated getting DP'd or DH. Yeah. I'm like, man, I'm better <laughs> than that guy. <laughs> I want to hit. <laughs> Fair enough, bro. Fair enough. So junior junior club wise, you start with Bay Cougars, bit of time in Metro, Eden Roskill, then in senior Eden Roskill, Metro, then eventually Marist before Gramblers. Uh, bro, what, what was that journey like as you hopped along uh, the uh, club bus? Yeah, hopping along. It was it was cool to sort of play with different teammates. Um, yeah, but as you. Uh, you know, as a youngster, and then as I got older, it was started started uh, become clear that if I wanted to be uh, get better, I had to go to some of the um, better clubs that had um, the elite players or you know the good players. So obviously that's where like the likes of Marist and Ramblers come come about. Um, at, at Marist, it started off as a pitcher in the Premier Grade, um, but then that quickly changed when I wanted to uh, focus more on my hitting. And then yeah. uh, to do that, I had to leave Marist <laughs> and went to Metro. Uh, honed in my hitting there and then actually started getting better with my hitting uh, and then went back to Marist because obviously back then they had some good hitters. Um, and mm. you also wanted to go to the big tournaments if you wanted to be better, you know, not just stick around just at Auckland or you wanted to go to club nationals or go to like the PK tournament or play at the Vic Goof. Because um, some of the teams I played for didn't enter those uh, enter in those um, tournaments. Because when was the first time you got to play with Roman Roman Gabriel? <laughs> um, back in my Metro days as a junior, yeah, so that was uh, I think it was like under under fourteens, under sixteens. Just just for, I think it was one season, and then oh. um, and then they actually. Uh, he transferred out over to Maris because obviously more of a family club for him. Yeah. So you've known him that long and now a fast forward. I mean, we're going to talk a bit about what you two have done and the socks and stuff as well, but uh, you're now teamed up uh, passing on the goodness to our ladies at the Sky Sports White Sox team. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's amazing how that, that pans out. Like um, I've known them pretty much uh, since I was 10, really. Because um, we actually, yeah. the first time we actually met, we were at uh, Liston Ballpark back in the day when Marist, or Marist, we were based out of there. And, oh, yeah. You know, you're just one of these young fellows that sort of just go around, go, your dad takes you out there to watch some watch some games. But, you know, you, when you're young, you don't watch games. <laughs> you just go to yeah. see, hey, hey, boy, you want to throw a ball? <laughs> yeah. And it happened to be him. And no way. I, my memory was, yeah, it happened to be Roman. And I, I remember memory I have of Roman was he was just so smiling. He was always smiling. You know, catch the ball, smile, throw the ball, smile. 
I mean, um, yeah, it wasn't until later on, you know, obviously under 14s at Metro. I was like, hey, I actually knew that guy. <laughs> I've seen him before. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then pretty much from from then, our friendship, you know, we obviously grew uh, throughout the um, age grades and then obviously <clears throat> all me uh, sort of hooked up again in senior level. And then Me. now look at us. Now, now, now we're now we're coaching um, the White Sox, um, White Sox ladies, um, with along with Millie, Melissa. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, bro. That's a that's a that's a mean uh, combination, and, and obviously mean respect. And wait a minute, what's that? What's that in my ear, Damien? I don't know, chop. What is it, bro? Uh, I don't know. What we got sitting right there? I can hear something in the background. You can hear something. There he is. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Kia ora. <laughs> hey, Malos. All good? Hey, Malo. Yeah, you're Sweeting. good. What a, what a surprise, eh? <laughs> <laughs> this is like, this is your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to answer your question, yeah, I've got sweaty hands, man. <laughs> <laughs> All good. All good. Uh, Donnie just uh, finished telling us cause, uh, how he met you and a little bit about the history between the two of you. Uh, first one was a, a bit of catch at the ballpark. Yeah, down at, um, where was that, Liston Park. We were about 10 years old, I think. Yeah. Um, but he looked like 40. <laughs> oh, my, with, you know, with a bald head well, there's a bald, bald head and yeah this, you know those dark Fijians that look you know older than what they are <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so we yeah we just caught up there and threw the ball for about three or four hours I think um, and then we ended up playing against each other for, for years after that until we hooked up at Marist because what's made the bond so strong between you and Donnie? Um, I think we just had common goals. Top, um, you know, both wanted to be. Um, I, I think from that, you know, if you kind of throw a ball around that ten years old for three or four hours, not even asking their name, <laughs> um, you, <laughs> you, you probably have a, a common goal of wanting to be good at something um, at, at the sport at softball. So, I think that's probably been the what has made it quite tight and, and I I don't know I, I I guess out of the two of us I talked a lot and he was a good listener so I, I kind of like that part <laughs> <laughs> oh that's that's true bro because um, in this I mean you've known him for such a long time 14 years old he's saying was, was in the get go I ain't going to say how old you two fellas are now because it'll date it too much but because um, what's some of the fondest memories from your guys time together that uh, that springs to your mind um, I, I, for me, I think it's just um, the the fondest is when we get to play to play. Um, when I got to play with them, um, for sure. So there was a couple seasons at Maris that 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 first got to play with each other, and then um, then we moved on, and I and I get to make Auckland. He, he probably made it a, a bit earlier than I did uh, with the senior team, um, and then I finally get up there and get to play alongside him in the blue and white, which has always been pretty precious to me. And to do that with him was, was, you know, bloody awesome. And you kind of just sit back and when you're in the dugout, when he's up to bat, man, you just sit back and, uh, you know, just watch, watch that, watch that swing, man. So um, that's been pretty cool. But the, I think the biggest highlight was when I finally made the World Series team in 2-4. Um, 
um, down in Christchurch, mm. and uh, we had a pretty cool tour, tour together. I hadn't really toured much with with Donny before that with New Zealand. Um, we kind of like I'll miss out, and then he'll go on tour, then I'll go on tour, and then he's unavailable um, due to commitments elsewhere. So that was for me. I think for memory, um, probably the, the the one of the you know times I did get to tour with him, and it was you know you were there, Chopper. It was pretty good couple of weeks um, with that team. Yeah, and and, and Donnie was, you know, a a big part of that um, for our success that weekend or that week. Um, So, yeah, I just think playing together has been pretty highlight of my my career. And, and, you know, there's not not too many people you can say that you've you've played with Donnie Hale, one of the, you know, the greats of our game. So I'm pretty um, privileged to be able to do that for sure. Fantastic, bro. That is that is mean. Because Donny, I know, I know that's probably something you don't like, like there. But what, 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 what do you think about, bro? When you hear your good mate like that talk about you like that, <laughs> feel the love, man. <laughs> it's too much. Yeah, when 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 you look back at it, you know, it's it's um, that friendship from a young age, and then just carrying it through all the way through our softball career, um, and then just. You know, Roman's just—he's an easy, easy-going guy. You know, it's, it's like you when you meet Roman. For all these people, when you meet Roman, he's—you're sort of attracted to him because he's such a cool person. He's a cool guy, man. And then you know, uh, with that uh, that smile, you know, you actually join into him. So that was one of the things as a youngster, and then that carried on through as a, as a as an adult. Um, and then you mentioned, you know, obviously with the Black Sox not playing together as, as on so many tours, when Roman made that uh, 2004 uh, team, that was uh, it was it was a it was a, it was a special moment because it was like your childhood friend had uh, now made it to the highest level with you, and you're actually uh, sharing that experience. So, yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Oh, I'll put, have to put that money into your account tonight, Daddy. <laughs> that, that's going to cost me a lot of lot of money. That, those uh, kind words. Because <laughs> yeah, me and Donny, um, uh, we missed yeah. that. Oh, we missed playing against with each other. Um, I'm saying playing with each other a lot. That's all. That out. Um, uh, <laughs> I hope this is after hours. Um, <laughs> we. When we when we when we both went for the um, under 19s juniors, like I I you know come come out of the woodwork and and um, made the team and and Donnie missed out. Um, you know I don't want to bring that up, but um, you know that that was um, pretty. I thought was pretty sad because I thought that was the first time we we're gonna you know um, put on the the black and white um, top together, and I thought Donnie was a shoe in, but you know. It's, and opinions to make those kind of teams, so um, he missed out. But then he obviously turned that around pretty quick um, in his career. Yeah, yeah well, I, well, yeah. I don't know if I was a sure and I'd made. I was um, a part of the process earlier on the piece, you know, just doing all the camps leading up to it. Um, but when I look back at it, I, I actually didn't deserve to be in there. <laughs> Sorry, was, yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't think I, I deserved to be in there because I just I didn't really. Sort of grasp what it felt, uh, what it meant to to represent New Zealand, um, mm. and at a young age, uh, it was you know, I, d- I didn't really sort of 
understand. Uh, and so you, until I uh, was dropped, and then it was like that man, that feeling. Whew, that was that was that was a hard feeling. But then turn around and then uh, change positions. <laughs> that was probably key. <laughs> Stuff there, pitching, go go hit. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I mean. I think back then, like, because you had been in the program, um, leading up. Yeah. You know, you kind of think that. You're right, Donnie. Then it's kind of think that well, that's all you need to do. But as we know now, and as coaches now, yeah. um, you kind of work out. Well, now nah, it's not all about just turning up to a camp. You got to do all the little bits in between. Um, you know, attendances and everything um, at this stuff. Yeah. So you kind of in, in you kind of work that out pretty quick. Yeah, and then you've, uh, obviously, like we're, how we're working with the White Sox is you know having that why, having that strong why. <clears throat> And I, I guess my why back then for like at a, as a youngster and during the junior program wasn't strong enough. Yeah. Fair enough, bro. Fair enough. That's, uh, um, <laughs> and that's actually listening to you two talk about that now and, and understanding it one as an elite athlete two, what it takes and three as a coach. Now it's kind of puts it as a package. Yeah. Eh? Yeah, yeah. So it's been a journey, and you and you learn every, you know, every every game, every training, every camp. Um, whether you're a player or a coach, you're you're learning all, all the time, and then you adapt things, and you know, you're taking people's opinions on on board and and their ideas, yeah. and you tweak it to what you what your vision is. And I guess um, you know, for, for for Donnie and I, we've we've probably been been talking ball since we were ten years old. Top. So, yeah. you know, we've had our ideas and our ideas have changed along the way, but we've kind of been on the same page from that early age. So working with them with the White Sox has um, been pretty easy. Um, and, um, you know, so it's, um, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a good journey. Well, it's, it's fantastic to have you along, Roman, to, uh, to celebrate Donnie's uh, career uh, and what a career it has been and, and give us some enlightenment to, to, to parts of that career and your relationship and understanding it. But, but man, the biggest of news uh, to be released today is, and I'm very proud to be able to say this, uh, is that the, uh, to be inducted into the Sopple New Zealand Hall of Fame this year is Donnie Howe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I um, yeah. Thank you. Thank awesome, you, Odie. Um, Thank you, Holmes. Yeah, when I when I heard that, I I was like <laughs> about bloody time. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, like I, I I think that's that's a easy um, inductee right there. Like Donny's done a lot. He's he's still doing a lot. Um, you know, and I I think. Um, um, he'll be a welcome uh, person into that into that uh, Hall of Fame, um, and I, yeah, I just congratulate you, Donnie Man. It's, it's been awesome seeing you play, and, and I think you're well deserved to be in amongst all those legends. Um, you know, both female and, and male of our sport. Um, and uh, you know, like I said, man, I, I've just been waiting for this day. To be honest, um, it's not a surprise to me that that you were always going to be in there um, at some point. Um, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you, you get in there kind of um, early in your age so that um, you can actually enjoy it a little bit, um, um, you know, for, for, for a lot of years and, and, and people can recognise who you are and, and what you've done. And, and, you know, you're still doing it in Japan, um, which is purely amazing. So I congratulate you, brother. Mean. Ah, um, thank you. I deserve, 
Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's a, it's great. You know, obviously it's a, it's a privilege and honor to, um, to receive, you know, to hear and receive it. Um, the award, uh, when, well, when I got the, uh, email from, from Tony, um, and then, you know, obviously he's like, oh yeah, you're going to turn up and, um, uh, oh, could you do a video? Cause obviously I wouldn't be in New Zealand for the awards. I could do a video for, uh, accepting this award. And it's like, oh man, <laughs> I hate doing stuff like that. <laughs> but I, I did one up and it was, it was, yeah. uh, took like four four or five takes <laughs> uh, well actually to be oh, I have to um, I'll, I'll jump in there now to actually thank yeah. you for doing this um, podcast Donnie because I, like, I I know how you know you struggle with this kind of stuff but, um, but as a fan I've been waiting for you to get on this beyond the dugout mate so, um, to he- hear your story um, you know I know some of it um, but you know getting other answering other people's questions and what they want to hear from you um you know, I've been hanging out for for you to be on there, so I, I thank you because I know, I know you struggle um, with this stuff. So um, yeah, as a fan, like I said, uh, yeah, thanks for for putting yourself out there, right? Me. Yeah, I'll give, try my best. Um, uh, our presenters have been awesome, man. Um, Damien and, and Chop, I mean, sort of working me slowly in there. <laughs> <laughs> He's been amazing. I tell you, he's been awesome. I go, honestly, and we haven't even had a rum yet. Far out. Oh. <laughs> go there yet. Yeah. I was going to crack out the rums to celebrate this Hall of Fame, but oh. we might save it for you in person, buddy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, definitely in person is better. <laughs> <laughs> well, you better hook up with some of your cousins in MIQ and get them a spot then so they can get back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's another headache, yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, uh, Raymond, thank you so much, man, for taking your time out to uh, give some aroha, some love to your brother yeah, here today. All good, all good. Before, I, I, you know, when you're in lockdown there, you do some cleaning and stuff. And I, I found this. I don't know if you can see it, <laughs> but I found it, and it's like the hailstorm <laughs> bat that Donnie – I just want to ask Donnie if he's ever hit a home run with this thing. <clears throat> I don't, people won't be able to see it, but it's, um, I know it's a I've taken photos. I've taken photos. <laughs> I don't think anyone can hit a home run with that bat. <laughs> <laughs> Man, with that, wow. Wow, that bat. When, they, yeah, when, when, um, yeah, so Franklin, when, uh, so I was sponsored one time with Franklin and, uh, they decided to make a bat. And I was like, oh, yeah, go on there and make a bet. All oh, good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with your name. And I was like, oh, man, cool. You know, you, you see all these other um, uh, people on Eastern getting their be- names on their best. I'm like, oh, man, cool. This would be cool to hear. <laughs> then when it comes out, no, oh, thank you, Franklin, I should say first. Um, <laughs> when, it, when it comes out, they sort of modeled, modeled it around the old Worth bets. So back in the day when Worth yes. was big. Yep. So. Yeah. Um, and then when it come out, I'm like, oh, man, oh, yeah, that's not too bad. And he actually goes to swing and then hit the ball. And then straight away, it was like, <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, looks good. I'm like, seriously? Uh, okay, just just for me, I would just keep it in my bag to keep it straight. And then, uh, make it <laughs> and then it gets out into the, you know, into the public and people are actually using it and using it more in divisional play and I saw it in I think it's in the women's game. And now, you know, some of the some of the dudes in Auckland <laughs> I've got it and they use it like uh your 
um, family member, that Pepitoe, they use it to, Jackson, okay, if you can hit our, yeah, yep. if you can hit a home run with this, you get 20 bucks from everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows anybody any money still because it can't hit anything. Hey, and, and that's, you know, and that's at Pepitoe with that short porch um, out in, um, <laughs> out in the <left> field. <laughs> yeah, mate. Uh, All good. That is gold. Hailstorm bat that can't hit. Side of a bar, yeah. nice. Hey, it's more like wow. a little um, sun shower. <laughs> it, it's great. It's great for bunting and slapping. <laughs> we'll, give uh, it to, we'll, we... we'll have to give it to Dean Rice. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he'll, he'll tell you the story of when he um, when he was the RBI king yes. at, a, at a provincials one year. Yes. Yep. And you say, yep, it's not just all about the slapping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, mean, guys, oh, mean. Bro, that's too much. Thank you, Roman. I really appreciate it, cousin. Uh, oh, yeah. good. Nah, awesome, you, um, awesome. Just, yeah, before I shoot off, uh, thanks, Damien and, and Chop, for doing this, man. You're doing some good stuff. Um, it's really a good listen on a Friday night, and uh, no, I appreciate what you guys are doing for our sport. And again, Donnie, man, awesome. Congratulations, brother. Um, thank you, thank too you. Too good, man. Too good. I'll catch yeah. you guys. See, you don't worry, Ronnie. I'll get you back when you have when you have your episode. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Get you, man. Got it, brother. Too much. Oh, Donnie, uh, bro, that's mean, you know, um, uh, it was awesome to be able to get uh, to get Romy along uh, today. Uh, I know he's been a big part of uh, your life um, in and out and around softball and stuff, and, um, and, and you guys continue to be good mates, let alone giving back to our game, which, you know, which is just the best. Yeah, no, well, <laughs> thank you for that surprise. I, I did read your post on Facebook and it's like, oh, yeah. There'll be some surprises, and I'm like, oh, no surprises, please. <laughs> yeah. What's this buddy but, Mary boy up to? Yeah, but, but I was like, but that's a good surprise, man. That was good. That was, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was awesome. Mean, cuz, mean, no, that's mean. Um, well, back to your story, bro, uh, in and around that. Obviously, you chose um, to, to become a hitter. And and you and you were talking about going back to Marist. What were some of the key things that you had to do to change to become that hitter? Back then, it was just getting swings in, um, uh, getting swings in at trainings. Uh, but to be at that elite level, I, had, I I found out quickly that I had to sort of uh, study. I had to watch and study some of the uh, elite hitters if I wanted to carry on and be consistent at a high level. Um, you know. So early on in their hitting career was just watching, um, studying them. Then later on, as I started traveling with, um, you know, over to America for ISEs, you know, uh, tournaments, um, I'll be over there for at least four, four to five months and you get time to watch Ooh. baseball. And on, you know, when you're watching baseball, um, the commentators and, and all of them, they, they gave you some good tips. And, you know, you, you sort of like, jot it down and um, go back and try it out. Uh, so a, lo- a lot of trial and error. So, you, you know, you learn stuff, you watch, study, you pick it up from, pick some stuff up from the uh, watching baseball, take it back and then try it, uh, try it out. And if it didn't work, then you try something else. So, yeah, a lot of trial and error, definitely. Yeah. Because uh, you made the move to Mount Albert Ramblers, uh, from Maris. Maris was quite a big team at that time. What, why 
how was the change to to Melbourne? <clears throat> yeah, yeah we'll, we'll put it down to like a miscommunication between management and the club. <laughs> so when that happened, it was uh, it was like time for a change. Um, it was a good time for a change for myself, and yeah, so uh, myself and Nathan then moved over to Ramblers, um, and it was uh, basically pretty much from there on. That's when all the winning started. <laughs> yeah. So you end up moving to, to Ramblers. And so are you saying there's a conversation that you and Nathan have and then you go together? Is that how it works? Yeah. So <clears throat> when the stuff went down at Marist, uh, it was just, you know, you obviously go uh, talking to your, your mates. And then obviously Nathan was one of the guys that sort of would talk to a little bit. Uh, about the situation and then uh, it arised that, uh, oh, yeah, there could be an option to go to Ramblers. And it was like, oh, yeah, bro, I'll go with you. <laughs> and then, yeah, basically uh, yeah. set up yeah. a meeting with um, Ricky Early, you know, great man at Ramblers, uh, and uh, he was very welcoming and um, set it up and, yeah, or sold. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah, man, go with Nate and go play at Ramblers. Um, and I had already... Played with Ramblers a couple of times as a pickup mm-hmm. player, so I sort of knew some of those players like Lyndon Andrews, uh, Calvin Roberts, Chopper Roberts, um, Paul Rice, to name a few. And uh, so the transition was actually quite sm- smooth, to be gotcha. honest. That combination of you and Nate working together um, for such a long period of time, obviously you, you started before Ramblers, but but then cemented hard from Ramblers onwards. Bro, what has that been like? And what type of bloke is he? <laughs> uh, what type of bloke is? Man, he's um, he's a competitor. Like, you know, everyone out there that knows him, man, he's there to to play, play hard and definitely to play to win. Um, great to have on your team because, you know, that's, that's that, that spark plug that you just want, uh, that drive, that, you know, when, <clears throat> when there's a bit of a dull, then, you know, he's there. Picking, picking you up or telling you off. Hey, pull your head and get in there. Um, playing alongside a man, uh, man, just you, you feed off his energy. Now, obviously, because he's you know, he, uh, at one stage at Ramblers, he would be the lead off, and I would hit it too. Yeah. So I that was awesome, that. man. Yeah, he'd, he'd he'd get on base, and you know, just the energy he brought. <laughs> To, to the game every every day um, and then you just feed off and, and I was like yeah yeah and then I'm like right I'm going for a run <laughs> well, I'm trying to hit the ball hard uh, try to score a run uh, the first run for us so that was pretty much the theme for a, lot, uh, for a while at Ramblers you know one two punch basically or if he hit a home run then I'll try and back it up and hit another one yeah mate. Nice. Um, you, do, you two will go on and win six national titles with Mount Avarabulous. And you mentioned this is when the winning started happening. How did the winning start happening? How? Well, we, at Ramblers, we had a pretty good, pretty good, uh, we had a strong base of players. Um, and at Ramblers, they had a bit of, uh, bit of mongrel to them. But they, uh, I would guess they sort of just lacked a little bit of direction and maybe just that one spark or that leader. And Nate was that that person, that Ramblers. You know, he sort of just 
took the reins, um, helped Ricky along with uh, uh, the training side of things, um, molded the infield with his his um, knowledge, uh, and then with uh, my hitting expertise, it sort of just kicked on. I'd, I'd share my share my knowledge. So we, we basically both of us what we had learned mm. with at Marist and with uh, within the Black Sox, we shared with our club mates at Ramblers, and so that made them be, uh, get better made them be better, which made our team collectively better. And then um, <clears throat> once you started winning, then it was, it was just like a, it's contagious. You know, you just actually just like enjoyed it and you wanted to keep going and keep winning. Um, so, yeah. Also through that time, I mean, we didn't really touch on the junior titles with Auckland, but you obviously had a bunch of those. But it's also the the, the Auckland um call it NFS, different name earlier in the days. You guys had a, a massive run there from 2002 uh, through to 15 in the end. You, you picked up seven provincial titles with Auckland. Yeah, that was, an, uh, that was a good run. It was uh, a long time coming because uh, before that, I, um, you know, I was a part of the Auckland men's team, but more, more so as a pitcher. Um, and we'd always come up against Wellington, which was stacked with like all of the new, you know, Black Sox te- members. So it was it was good to sort of turn that around, um, help Auckland, and um, help them win the uh, those, you know, those champ- have that good run and win those championships. What do you re- what do you think the recipes for success in those days were? <laughs> Back then, uh, pitching was definitely one. Um, yeah. Yeah, you had to. You, you, we found out obviously, you know, like any good team, you need that one dude or one pitcher in the middle to sort of shut it down. Uh, and for for an Auckland team, it's uh, one of the keys was just getting the players to gel because you had different people from different clubs. Um, sure, back then uh, the nucleus of the team was more mainly Ramblers. So um, you still had a, a strong bond, and then you was just getting the other players to sort of come in and yeah. um, work in with with, uh, with well work, work within the team. And we we're lucky we had like you know the likes of like Patrick Shannon, Heine Shannon, who you know world class players. Um, then you start adding in some other other key hitters. You know, um, you look like Ty Fowl, Matt Ty Kurt Allen was another person I sort of remember uh, the New Brothers. Um, yeah, because we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the states in a, in a second. Um, but before we get there, when you look back across that period of um, uh, not just the players, but who, as you were growing up as well in those clubs, who were some of the instrumental people that you felt either were good influences for you, or or actually helped you to create the better ball player you started to become. So it started off, uh, I'd say, back when my Marist days. So when I was at Marist, uh, well, look at like those Marist old boys with um, Dion Nukunuku and Dean Rice. Uh, basically, it's where I actually uh, learned how to play the game at an at a elite level. Um, uh, learning how to to sort of combat the situational plays, uh, more so on the base running. Because you know that was a big thing yeah. with Maris was base running, and then fielding, uh, and that that um, those learnings helped me when I actually 
um, cracked into the the Black Sox mold or the Black Sox fold because I was um, comfortable um, because in that during that time in the Black Sox, uh, a lot of what we're doing with Maris was what we're doing it with the Black Sox, so it was cool, cool, uh, comforting. Because <laughs> you know you're going into into the national team, you're just like, oh man, oh no idea. But having that as a as a reference was good. And then from the hitting point of view, uh, Don Trucker, um, he was. He had a big influence in changing my, uh, changing me from a uh, being a hacker in the box. So back in the day, man, I just like swung at every pitch <laughs> to being more <laughs> of a tactical hitter. Yeah, yeah, hard. Um, yeah. So you know, being a tactical hitter, just having more of a plan, um, understanding the game, and then understanding certain situations when to swing and when not to swing. Um, yeah. And then, like, a big part of that with those um, being a tactical hitter was, like, uh, Jared Martin and Thomas Markier. They were, like, they were awesome at doing that. So, you know, those those were two dudes I actually followed quite a bit. Um, and then, you know, once I got up to play alongside them, it was awesome just to see them go to work. Mean, 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 because that's that's real mean. Bro, um, all those people you mentioned, they're legends eh, of our game and uh, just so lucky to be able to – Tap in, observe, yeah. Make them your friends and 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 learn alongside uh, each other. You touched on Nathan, bro, and and um, how much of a competitor he is uh, in the game. What's that, Damien? <laughs> I can hear something in the background. <clears throat> maybe it's another. Oh, must be another tune coming in. Another tune, is it? Oh, hang on, wait. Oh, hang on, wait. No comment. Next question. Should <laughs> <laughs> we mute him? I'll go check on my washing now. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, obviously, Nathan, uh, as as you mentioned, that's where the winning began. uh, And uh, it's, I mean, it's easy to say how uh, jealous, um, you know, Sopo Public is to see the dynasty that you two created. Uh, at Mount Albert Rambers, which transpired into Auckland. Auckland's always going to be strong, to be fair, but what you did with Mount Albert Rambers, no, you, you you know, you just have to take your head off. You really do. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's a team effort. I'll see you. There he is. Come on, brother. Bro, I need some help. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. so, thank you, uh, Nathan, for taking the time, bro, today um, to share some idle heart towards your mate, Donny Hell. Yeah, no worries. Uh, how much was I getting paid for this? <laughs> <laughs> Nathan, we've just been talking about how um, uh, dominant to be fair, Mount Albert Ramblers became once uh, you two uh, moved over there and um, just just what you've done with Mount Albert Ramblers, what, what happened with Auckland as well around that time. Um, but just from a, a member of another club, how envious we were to see the success that you two produced together. Yeah, well, um, I guess, look, as Donnie will say, we, we first went across there, it was... Um, they got a certain type of unit, uh, and I think what, what Donnie and I did was just share what we had learned in our career uh, regarding the smarts of the game, to be fair. And I guess uh, a bunch of white dudes hanging up from two dark <laughs> pieces of 
different as well. So, um, yeah, sort of, we've been able to build a, a, a bit of a dynasty there, and um, long may that continue. Mm, for sure. I mean, uh, mate, um, a dynasty indeed, uh, for sure. What, what, what have, you know, you've been such a long time with Donnie, not just at Ramblers, but also in the Sox. Bro, what are, what are some of those highlights um, that spring to mind for you? I'll tell you what, COVID's caught his internet right now. Donnie, what do you reckon? <laughs> I mean, clear your cookies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just while he, just while this one's sorting out, because he might drop out, drop back in uh, as he sorts himself out. Um, when I'm going to ask him that question, Donny, what would be some of the highlights that he would think about from playing with you? What would be some of the highlights that you have of playing with Nate? Highlights, um, definitely all the winning together. Yeah, you know, obviously uh, to to make a pact and go over over from Maris to to Ramblers and then. Uh, to share, like like we talked about, sharing the knowledge, and then it it actually clicking and work and working, and then just started winning, and then just enjoying winning together um, at, at the start for sure, because it was like it was definitely new for me, um, and to, to carry on winning, and then when we would win together later in our career, it was more um, about sharing those wins with uh, uh, new. Rookies, well, not new rookies, but um, first timers, because it was just seeing their enjoyment and like remembering how it felt to to, to win. Um, so yeah, winning definitely winning with uh, Nate. Those are the um, uh, winning at like at Ramblers and then winning with uh, at the World Series. Yeah, um, um, World Series. Well, you know, winning winning World Championship with um, the Black Sox. Uh, and just. Just seeing him do do his thing, man. <laughs> it's it's quite impressive, you know. Just hitting behind him um, and just seeing see him do it do his stuff on done. Mean, because mean. Um, one thing which uh, um, I don't know if a lot of people know that about Nate. And we did a podcast with him a little bit that may have given some insight to it, but I know for a matter of fact is the amount of study and preparation he does away from the diamond. But what are those sessions like? For him, yeah. He loves to run. <laughs> so, uh, no, no, because uh, I, I, I listened to his um, podcast as well, and he mentioned that, and I think it was more later in his career yep. he actually started started um, studying videos because um, obviously, you know, uh, yep. it was more available uh, with YouTube and stuff yep. and, and teams and countries actually starting to video themselves and, and then put it on social media. Before that, yeah. um, it was just the hard yards with him. It was just, you know, <clears throat> turn up and, you know, we had, back then was about, uh, for fielding wise, you know, you had like a hundred ground ball drill. So, you know, you'd get in there and do that. Uh, I know Maris back in the day used to just uh, do a bit of running, um, but he was already fit through with his rugby. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, definitely fielding wise, he'd, he'd do a lot of ground balls, take a lot of ground balls. Uh, I suppose when we went to Ramblers, that's where he sort of kicked in a little bit more with his hitting. Uh, that's where I would see a little bit more of his hitting. Um, yep. But as, as a general, 
observation. It was just, he'd, he'd always put the effort in off the diamond. And uh, obviously, we got to see the, uh, the fruits of it on, on the diamond and, you know, consistently do it. So to do it consistently, you have to do something. You have to do something off the diamond. Right. So you talk about Nathan's uh, regiment on trains. We took those ground balls and stuff. What about you, Cuz? What was the stuff that you used to do to get yourself physically or mentally fit for the game? Back then, um, from from a hitting point of view, it was just getting um, swings in. So, you know, it could be anywhere between 200 to 300 swings a week. Uh, and, you know, that, that consisted of, like, working off the tee, um, working with wiffle balls, uh, so, you know, soft toss, uh, working off the batting machine, uh, and then obviously your general BP off a pitcher. Uh that was at the start, you know, and then as as I started to learn a little bit more of the mental side of the game, um, I actually sort of had to break it down a little bit more. So, you know, it became more specific of just, rather than just 500 swings of just something done in the middle, it's like now I'm actually working on inside, uh, inside low, inside high, mm-hmm. outside uh, low, outside high, um, try and simulate a, um, a change-up. So it all depended on what I was... Um, sort of struggling on at the time. So my trainings would sort of change to sort of suit that. So, you know, things to work on from the previous week. Uh, and then, so that was early in my career. Was, it was uh, a lot of training. But then uh, as soon as I started traveling overseas, uh, it was just uh, maintenance. So I wouldn't have so many swings. I'd only have like maybe 50 to 100, but it'd be more specific. Um, because I'll be playing so many games and because I'll be playing uh, yep. traveling to America, to Japan and to New Zealand, there really wasn't an off-season. <laughs> oh, well, talking about cool, looks like our cousin uh, has sorted out the internet bill and he's back with us. Nathan, bro, thanks for taking the time, cuz, uh, and sharing some love with our man here, Donnie Hill. Yeah, busy, uh, busy household, mate. Everyone's on Netflix. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also, bro, because when you, um, Donnie, and we talked about the success of Ramblers uh, and and Auckland around his time with you two and what you guys have done there, but, uh, bro, what are some of the time you guys have been together? What are some of the highlights that springs to mind for you when you think of your mate, Donnie? Oh, look, we've got, mate, we've got heaps of heaps of highlights. Um, I'd say we've, yeah, we sort of, I don't know, between the, the two of us, we sort of changed um the way that Auckland was viewed at um, in the national level. Uh, we had sort of had it been going well uh, through the 80s there. It was sort of a Wellington, Hutt Valley dominated scene. Uh, and, yeah, look, we, we've made some uh, subtle changes in, in the way we ran the Auckland side and obviously um, utilised a lot of the Ramblers boys in that. Um, that sort of got us a point of difference at the start. But, um, look, the, the things that I remember Donnie uh, Ooh, you know, obviously heaps, but the, the things that sort of stand out are more at the start um, and getting to meet meet Odie. So, like, obviously went over to Metro the first time, tried to follow him over there, and the first year I went over, he left and went to Maris. So that's <laughs> that's what kind of guy Donnie was. <laughs> he left me at Metro you with those young fellas and took off with all the stars at Maris, but I just left. So, no, no, no. Like, well, obviously we've got we've got a lot of lot of great memories going back. Um, he was the uh, the. The um, best man at my at my wedding. Um, so obviously that's the day you're supposed to say is the happiest day of your life. So I'll put that out there. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, I uh, 
Oh, we, we've had we've had plenty of, of good good times, and look, I'd say probably the one that always stands out to me is, is again, uh, I'm not going to go into the background of it, but it was a it was a it was a car drive leaving my house to uh, Ramblers uh, softball, and I used to um, have a flatmate called Thomas Cameron, um, <laughs> who we you know whatever we'd we'd catch up before training and yeah have have quite one or whatever and go and sweat it all out. Um, yeah. We'd also have, we'd have a drive down to the park, and Donnie was my, my passenger on that on that trip. And I still remember that trip. I'm not going to tell you the full story. I'll wait till we can take the piss out of Benny sometime. But um, <laughs> yeah, those are, I remember those little things more than any of the big things, mate. Like that's all the stuff that I sort of um, know with the big guy. Um, as he was talking about earlier, he's always been a diligent trainer. Um, well, he started out as a diligent trainer. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, look. Pretty uh, smarter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, Odie's Odie's definitely a, a legend of this game, and I'm glad I can call him a friend. And um, yeah, we've got plenty of plenty of uh, stories in the um, in the back burners, and we'll wait for your after dark to get some of those ones out. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Just because yeah. that's in the beer tent, man, in the beer tent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm keen. Um, but some of the performances that you've seen uh, Donnie put together uh, for New Zealand uh, at key moments and things, bro. You know, when you're sitting in the dugout or batting in front of him, whatever the case is, when you see him go up to the up to the batter's box, bro, what would go through your mind? I'm scoring. Easy. I don't yeah. have to steal two bases to score now. Like basically, <laughs> that was that was us. It was. Uh, someone would I get on I get walked someone would drill me whatever um, Johnny hit me home <laughs> that was that was us we'd, we'd score three we could guarantee you three runs a game um, between the between the two of us I mean if we if they both pitched to both of us we could probably guarantee you four or five it was sort of that was us um, at the start um, so yeah anytime he was on I mean it sort of brings me to the 2013 um, I don't want to jump too far forward but yeah 2013 um that, that game against Australia, uh, we had loaded bases. Donnie comes up in the tiebreaker. Loaded bases, I'm on third. Um, pass ball. Uh, still, like, I watched this game a few times afterwards, and then I know at the time, I remember looking straight up and seeing Roman drunk as go, come on, Ayla, watch her at home. Um, <laughs> and, and I, um, again, like, and I'll still say this, like, I, the reason why is I, was, I, I had total confidence that Donnie was going to hit me home. That was... That was it. The ball could have rolled down to left field. I wanted yeah. Donnie to get the hit to win the game for us to go in the middle and jump up and down. And I'd seen him done it so so many times in the past that it wasn't something I doubted. And um, yeah, put the next way, the next bat I was I was on my I was on my uh, ready to go, ready to go, ready to go. But um, with Donnie, I was definitely sitting there waiting for him to give me something easy to stroll in on because I'd seen that my whole career. That's what he'd always done. So um, yeah. Uh, it didn't pan out that time. Didn't pan out, out that time. But, uh, <laughs> wouldn't change a thing, mate. Wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough, because yeah, Marty came with. A, I got. Uh, we talked to Marty. He had a good saying the other day. What was it? He said that um, uh, go home with the girl you took to the dance floor. So if it works for you before, that's what you use at the end when you need it. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds like yeah. <laughs> which, hey, which one's the girlfriend <laughs> in this situation? I was the one you didn't take. Jesus Christ! 
go down through my like uh, process. It's more you know focused on process goals. Uh, then I just review the game. So that's part of, part of that mental mental games is you know going back, sit down, review the game. Um, obviously, you have your thoughts, and then that's where you have your uh, things to work on. Then that leads on to my next uh, training. Go back over the notes. I, that's what I need to work on. They'll throw me change ups, so I so I need to work on change ups to change my step. Um, could be like uh, I'm struggling on the inside pitch. Uh, okay. Um, plus, I had video footage. We were, uh, that's that's probably a, a key point. Is that if you can get video footage of yourself, whether it's hitting or fielding or pitching uh, or catching, um, it's good to sort of go and refer back to because sometimes when you're actually uh, writing it down. Um, Unless you're writing it down straight after the game, it's good. But sometimes you you sort of like, oh, you lied what was that pitch? But it's actually therapeutic when you actually start writing, you know, you review and be honest about yourself. So uh, I think earlier on, uh, back at, um, uh, what was it, New Zealand playing reserves for the Ramblers. And, um, you know, I actually wrote down some stuff uh, in the final. So I had this all right sort of ha- uh, half season. And in the final, you know, you want to sort of perform. Um, and I didn't perform uh, in my position. I had, had probably the worst game of the year in the final. Uh, and then I was at the time, I was like, oh, i got to review. And I was like, I didn't want to review. I actually wanted to burn the piece of paper. I was like, fire <laughs> up, get, 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 look, get rid of it, man. Yeah. But then actually started, I sat down, reviewed it, uh, each at-bat and what I was thinking and and. In, once I actually sort of wrote it down and then looked through, I was like, uh, it was uh, like a weight off my shoulders. And then I was like, I can then can process it and go, right, okay, learn from that. You know, so you don't, that doesn't happen again, but it probably will, um, is they have things to work on. And so that sort of led, uh, got me ready for <clears throat> coming to Japan for the for the second set of JSA. So that I was I was ready for it. So it wasn't a surprise and, you know, it's logged down on a book soon. Cool. No, that was just a great question from one of the boys, and I, I, I thought I'd ask that. Um, there's, there's one thing. Just like when he asked me about it, he's, he was talking about the specific club nationals 2014 when we won it, and you'd gone off in the back half. I think in the last two days you didn't get out, um, but the first two and a half days was kind of like Brutus's 20 uh, 2004 World Series where he could mm. hit the, the, you know, the water if he fell out of a boat. Um, yeah. But then come right at the end. So yeah, I guess look. I, I, one of the things is to understand that you, as a legend of the game, it happens, right? Like, so how do we get better mm. from there? And uh, thank you for for sharing that. And obviously, um, just just one thing, just to, just to confer, just to carry on with that. Sorry, I don't want to swaggerjack your uh, program, chop. But just um, for oh, okay. hitters, how how do you go through a tournament? Like, what are you trying to do throughout a tournament as a hitter? Like. I think you, you touched on it earlier where you said, look, you, you've already got your processes and you already know what people are going to do. Um, and, I, and I guess what I'm trying to push you to is to say, can you have a different at-bat, a different approach of an at-bat in the first game to you do at the end of the at the last game, even though it's the same team? Can that be two different at-bats? Yes. Yes, it can be. And lastly, uh, situations will change the at-bat. So... Um, you know, I've seen the first your first at bat. It could be like no runners on, so then you're actually actually on your own. Um, and then you have uh, your own things that you're working on, or what you're looking for on a safe as if it was a Canadian pitcher. So it'd be like, okay, I'm looking for the, the drop ball outside uh, because this pitcher predominantly or this catcher calls a predominantly 
done in our game plan. Then the second at-bat could be like a, um, a run on three. And it'll be like, okay, well, even you know, uh, even though it's uh, predominantly down and out game plan, usually catchers will throw you the inside pitch because they don't want you to extend your, um, get your hands extended. So now my at-bat changes to I'm looking for the inside pitch. Uh, um, and then obviously changes the game for the third at-bat. Uh, then there's also the general rule of thumb of uh, you go in, a, like before a game, you go in and like, okay, right. Um, say, for instance, one of my goals would be like, oh, I'm going to take a strike. I'm going to take a strike for my first two at-bats. Then my third at-bat, I'm just going to open up. Uh, if, 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 if I see a, a good pitch uh, that I'm looking for, then I'm going to be swinging. So that was just like a – and I learned that from uh, Jared and Thomas. You know, you you'd see them do it all the time, and I was like, "Hey, man, why do you guys do that?" And then you know, obviously, you explain it. You know, obviously, you're trying to work the count early on in your at bats, and then sometimes uh, you can set up pitches. You know, you set up batteries because they're just like, "Oh, well, they're just taking." So you throw. So you know, that, that, I don't know if you remember that one season. Um, I tried it for one season, one whole season in, in the Auckland comp. I just took a pitch, even through all club nationals, took a took the first pitch. The following season, um, I, I'd said, nah, man, I'm going to open up. I'm going to start blazing because pitchers uh, – and the pitchers started throwing first pitch and I actually started hitting uh, oh, a lot more home runs. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's obviously something that all uh, players need to sort of look at um, as in, you know, having a plan for your at-bats and understanding that, look, you, you can give away some at-bats. Like you just said, you gave away a whole year of, of the first pitch. Um mm but you can get that back the very next year. I mean, I think that's one thing with, with the ballers out there, just understand, like, make those little little adjustments as you go, um, and but make them permanent adjustments. Don't just try it and never do it again. Like, really learn from it. So here's a good example of, of someone that, that's done that and is obviously one of the, the top hitters that have ever played in our game. And I've seen, I've seen you do that the whole way through, mate. That's why I know, I know the stories you'd share, and that's why I've, yeah, well done on that respect. On yes. that side of things, um, Donnie, and you, you talked a bit of it earlier about um, you figuring out, out and taking it from different pieces, whether it be baseball or whatever, the, whatever it is, watching other players. You just talked about to, uh, Thomas Markier and Jared Mudd and some of the things they did. Have you ever thought about putting that into a book or something? Or I know these days it's probably <laughs> TikTok, but, but you know what I mean? Putting that down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, TikTok would be good, man, because it was only 30 seconds, isn't it? Because <laughs> 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 it'd be quick with your bullet points. Uh, nah, Dino just recently, book, yes. Enough, surely? <laughs> uh, just recently, yes, I sort of had, uh, thought nice. about doing something like that. Um, yep. Because um, working with the White Sox and uh, being more on the battery side, I reached out to um, Mike Roberts and asked him about some stuff um, pitching. Uh, stuff and he had mentioned that uh when he went for his interviews at college uh for one of the coaching jobs he actually went in and he had a man he had a big folder that was broke down the pitching the art of pitching and you know like rise balls drop balls everything um and it was like 400 pages type thing and he that's what he goes this is what i'm going to do uh then gave me the idea of like oh could actually just break down the hurting um, but you know, it's just finding the right. It's a lot of time. <laughs> right yeah, hitting, hitting is uh, there's a yeah, lot. Yeah. Hitting is 
there's a lot of different body types out there. There's a lot of different yeah. strengths and weaknesses of hitting. So yeah, like to write a book, um, I think you could only cover a couple of stances uh, rather than them all. Uh, yeah, but I guess the a bit more the technical, there, there, right? I'd say. Yeah, the principles and then yeah, and I guess the technical side of things. Uh, but then even uh, and then you yeah, yeah the tactical side because the tactical side um, is quite key. Well, indeed, but um, Nathan, uh, you got to be impressed with the announcement today that, uh, of course, our man being inducted into the Sopo New Zealand Hall of Fame. What? Jeez. <laughs> 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 nah, yeah, congratulations, big guy. Obviously, um, yeah, that, that, that's massive news, and uh, look, not unexpected, I'm sure. Um, I, I, don't, I still don't know how this Hall of Fame works because you're still playing, so I'm not sure how bloody... <laughs> I mean, you're in the reserve grade for sake. Jesus Christ. One of the reserve grade players have bloody made the Hall of Fame. What's going on around here? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the first. Hey, that's the first. Hey. <laughs> no, I actually got told that because, um, you know, I, I, must, I was talking to, I think, a board member and I said, hey, man, how's this uh, I, um, Hall of Fame work? And basically, you have had to uh, have retired uh, for five years out of the elite, elite level. Oh, international. Oh, I see, I see. International. Yeah, and then I was like, because, you know, at the time I wasn't even playing in New Zealand. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't even play in New Zealand. And it's like, oh, no, you still play in Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? Uh, congrats, big guy. And I'm sure, look, I, I don't know how many of our teammates are in there yet, but I'm sure there's that whole... Um, that whole sort of generation of guys that will, will end up in, in the hall, mate. And, um, yeah, like seeing you there is, is a no-brainer, I'm sure, to 100% of softballers in New Zealand. And thank you for your service to our sport and obviously what you're doing now with the White Sox and giving back in, in New Zealand. So, yeah, awesome. Congratulations, bro. Ah, thank you, bro. Thank you very much for those kind words. And thank you for being a part of that journey. You know, obviously, um, there's so many people that have been uh, part of that so- my softball journey into the to the hall and and you're a big part of that for sure um especially you know a lot of great memories with the winning side of things and, and changing the the landscape definitely uh in new zealand and more so in auckland um on the softball scene yeah sweet i want to see what's behind that to be fair because <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Nathan look, look, thank you so much Cuz, for taking the time today uh, and uh, and like I said giving some aroha to our uh, Taonga tour uh, right here in Donihau bro yeah too, too easy guys and um, yeah good luck over there already um, and I'll see you when you eventually get back into New Zealand uh, when uh, you're yeah. so good luck there's a boat leaving leaving Samoa in a couple of weeks. You might get theirs. <laughs> <laughs> no, take it easy, people. Mm. See you next oh, time. Next Too much, Dave. Yeah. Too much, brother. Oh, me, me. Because, uh, Donnie, I mean, uh, I, I couldn't uh, put together this uh, episode of your uh, podcast without having those two uh, legends of our game that have been, um, uh, you have worked with for such a, a long period of time and made a difference uh, in our game without recognising, uh, you know, yourself with them. Yeah, no, nah, thank you. No, so good. Yeah, those are two good surprises, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, me, and you're right. Me. You know, they played. Uh, those two have played a big part of of um, of the journey. 
Yeah, hard, hard. Well, let's let's talk about getting a chance to to play overseas. Firstly, let's let's touch on Japan. How did that come about? <laughs> Japan, yeah. So, Cena uh, actually decided to go to um, to Japan for teaching experience. So there was a jet program over there. So she went over. It was like a um, OE for her. so she was going to go, and then I was like, oh yeah. I'd like to go. And then uh, I actually uh, contacted um, Tane Richardson, who was pitching over here at, mm-hmm. at the time. Oh, yeah. I said, hey, man, c- can yep. you um, hook me up with the team or your team to come over and play f- play for your team? Because, you know, we're trying to align it with Cena's work. Um, and at the time I was playing in the States. And then uh, when I left, went back to New Zealand, got, a, got, a, uh, got an email saying, hey, man, they're interested. Um, when you can you when can you come over? Um, so uh, actually made well actually when I got that email I was actually in Japan because I gone from America finished the season went to New Zealand I was actually missing Cena so I was like oh, I'm gonna I'm going to Japan so I actually flew to Japan to spend three months mm. there so that email coming through and I said oh, I'm actually in Japan now and so okay cool well here's some tickets to Osaka fly you up sign a contract <laughs> flew me up. Yeah, flew me up and signed the contract right there and then, and then started the following year. So I, mean, I guess they sort of just found out. I mean, so they, they would have done their research. Gives you the, <laughs> the reason to go, but then you made it your own once you got there, cuz. Yeah, yeah, she actually, uh, she was the reason I actually, um, actually, went and actually tried to go to Japan because before, you know, like, yeah, yeah, we all talk about, oh man, it'd be cool to go to Japan and play, you know, because we had heard about Tani going over there. He'd, I think that was like his third season. So, you know, you heard about the um, play, him playing over there. He's like, oh, it could be an opportunity. Um, but you don't really sort of push the issue. And then, yeah, I haven't seen him went over there. I decided to push the issue and, yeah, man, can hook a brother up. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough bro fair enough looks like Nate is trying to come back in we'll let him come in and then we'll, we'll chat to him when he when he comes back in because um, if we, we touch on Japan before we go to the States now um, you've been there professionally playing ever since day one um, one how have you kept the longevity going um, and two because they must love you it's odd it's, it's uh, easy Schedule-wise, it's easy. You don't play as many games. Um, so obviously the season's from April to November. And you, yep. you know you play anywhere between 10 to 16 league games. And so that's across four weekends in eight months, basically. Uh, and then training-wise, um, uh, midweek trainings are like, you know, uh, they're only like three hours, six to nine. <laughs> and you can do any, you can do whatever you want. But then uh, Sunday trainings, you know, they're six in between four to six hours. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you just say you trained for six hours? Yeah, four to six hours. It was fun at, at the start. It was like um, it was new when it was new. It was fun. It was like oh, this is cool. This is something different. I had heard about them training there long, but man, after five, a few years, it's like oh, this is getting sick. This is getting tiring. <laughs> So I actually had to find a way of like um, how to how to okay 
yeah, I don't need the field this time. I'll just go sit over here. Or, uh, yeah, no, I don't need to hit because this pitch is hitting all the hitters. No, nah, I'm not, not hitting. <laughs> so you find different ways to sort of just uh, get through the, the six hours. But um, most of the time I had uh, stuff planned and I'd try and get what I needed to do to get out of those trainings. Nice. Nice. Um, one thing, though, that we've seen internationally, bro, when Japan come to a tournament, they are drilled. Yeah. They've got the standard style of uh, warm-up, um, and it's done at a young age all the way through to elite. So there's no no, no surprise. That knows, yeah, everyone knows what, what's going on. Um, it's quite quite cool when you see actually good teams – that are um, drilled. So we talk about like before a game, they do knock, which is like ground balls. You, you'll see them mm-hmm. uh, before they play a game. They, if they get opportunity, well, definitely here, but when they're overseas, they don't get opportunity, but they have a knock and they're like infield, outfield knocking. And there's some good teams that it's just, it's just like clockwork, man. You just watch and it's like, wow. And then you see my team and it's like, wow, what a bunch of cowboys. <laughs> Honestly, not team. Well, nah, we're it's like, man, are we Japanese? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have run a muck since you've been there, bro. You've um, been top hitter in the Japan League four times, RBI King three times, home run title three times as well, MVP twice. Um, man, have they built a statue of you over there yet? <laughs> Maybe they did, but that got um, that come down because now it's Matsuda. He's like King Kong over here. <laughs> yeah, hard, uh, bro. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, uh, um, talk about Japanese number. How do they produce so many great talent coming through? How do they do that? How do they do it, man? Oh, again, it comes back down to um, it's installed in, at a young age. So most most of it's all baseball for for the for the males. Um, and, you know, we're talking about like five years old all the way through to, uh, through the school system, uh, college system, and then pro league. So mainly it's baseball. Um, a lot of them sort of transition to softball when they get to, uh, in the early days when they get to high school, but it's sort of now changing and it's been introduced at a young young age. Um, and they're just drilled from a young age all the way through. Um, and you see the final product when, uh, with the national teams. Nice. Nice, nice, very impressive. Because um, we we kind of saved the ISCs for one of the last ones because you've done some amazing feats over there. How did the how did the USA start for you? How did you get your foot in that door? First trip was uh, to Santa Barbara Instant Replay, and that was um, uh, Mike Stapleton. Do you remember Mike Stapleton? Yeah, 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 hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he um he organised it. Uh, he got my, he organised my. Uh, he had asked me and organised myself and Shel- Sheldon Healy, Shelton Healy. Oh yeah. Um, and I was pretty much straight after the juniors. Uh, and you know, I the deal the the deal was done beforehand, but like you know, I, I missed I missed out. So then I was like, oh, I wasn't really, I didn't want to go. Uh, but the old man said like, nah, took it to pay, get out, go. <laughs> so yeah. thanks for you know thanks for the advice. Went and enjoyed it. So uh, that was where I started and started as a pitcher again. Uh, instant replay. Um, it's actually where I had the opportunity to go as a pickup for with uh, Santa Cruz Bullets with mm-hmm. Mike Stapleton's team. So I actually yeah. wasn't playing for his team. He actually organised me to play for another team. But then for the ISC, he actually picked me up, and then I went along to my first ISCs in nineteen ninety four. 
1994. Man, that was an experience, man. Far out. And that was Kimberley Park, Sunset. Uh, yeah, Kimberley. Yeah. Sunset Park. Man, sitting in the outfield, and it's just like, there's the most people I've ever seen at a softball park, uh, even to this day. Mm. Or maybe the World Series in 04 was probably around there. But yeah. just seeing so many people just on there, like um, lawn chairs, um, heaps of old people, <laughs> heaps of old fans out there. Um, and just watch, I remember watching that first game, and it was uh, uh, Aurora versus Denmark, and it was um, Alfie. Paul Elgar versus Steve Jackson. Wow. And it was like cool because it was like, oh man, it was, it was Kiwis. It was like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm quite interested in watching. Um, and it was the first time I actually met Chub Tangaroa. <laughs> uh, go and shake his hand. Oh, because Mike Stapleton um, got me to go up and uh, he introduced yeah. me. And then I meet Chub and I'm like, hey, how's it going, man? Nice to meet you. Yeah. And I think the first thing he said to me was like, oh, Man, look at those gorilla arms! Or you should be scraping your knuckles when you're pitching. <laughs> and I'm, I'm thinking, man, man, this guy's like the legend, and he, he like cracked the joke straight away. I'm like, oh, man, yeah, he's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, ah, awesome, bro, awesome. Because if we um, just go back now, we're talking about the states uh, as we started. You got your first start <laughs> in the states, but bro, your I mean, your career stats are phenomenal. They just simply are. And uh, and if we look at it, you win five IC uh, championships, all-world selection seven times. Um, you've been top better, MVP. Uh, 2012, you turned into the superhuman robot. I don't know how to put it, to be fair. Uh, you were simply unbelievable. That's when you got the MVP uh, and you just raked your most uh, most hits, most RBIs, most uh, home runs, uh, and just setting records all over the place. Because it's a long career you've had at the ICs. How did you put that, that you know, that package of work together? For that 2012? The whole thing, yeah, well, really. I mean, 2012 was obviously one of you know your greatest results, but you you've been consistent throughout your whole career over there, really. Probably work on uh, a continuation from like uh, uh, the, the the good years, starting with Ramblers, um, and then more so with the Black Sox. Uh, you know, going on tours, um, learning learning from some of the, the the elite hitters in that in that group, and then. Playing in in the good teams in the ISC um, circuit, so uh, sure, my first team that I played for was County Concrete, and you know that we didn't have many stars. Uh, it was like, my, to be honest, it was myself and Heine, and I went over there. It was, it was the first time I'd gone back to America since 1995, and um, <clears throat> Heine, I wanted to get over there to do, get some hitting in before the 2000 World Series, and uh, Heine, um, yeah. Said, oh yeah, you want to come over and but you have to come over as a pitcher. <laughs> and I hadn't pitched for like four years or something. I said, yeah, man, I'll come along, pitch. So I'm I'm a, yeah. I'm a uh, secondary pitcher. <laughs> just and I'm just purely getting over there for some at bats and stuff. So um and then uh the story <laughs> I just remember being at the ISCs at the two thousand ISCs in St. Joe's, Missouri. Man, it was hot. Have you have you ever been to St. Joe's, Missouri? No. Huh. Man, it's a hot place during the summer in I just remember we had, I think we had two games and uh, the first game was like 10 o'clock in the morning. I just remember I was the DP behind you pitching and then he was sort of getting hit around and the coach was like, oh, get ready, Donnie. And I'm like, nah, he's fine. 
He's all right. <laughs> <laughs> he's okay. Yeah, honey, come off. Here's your glass. Here's your water. Here's your towel. Yep. Yeah, and you got it. <laughs> yeah, and then pretty much from County Concrete, then I moved over to like um, uh, some of the elite teams, you know, with the yeah. county, uh, county Classics and County Materials, the farm and Jarvis, you know, in uh, Jarvis and then ending up with Scarborough. Mm. So playing on elite teams uh, helped because, you know, being around some of the elite players from different countries um, help, help my game, help better my game. And then yeah. uh, also when you're playing with the elite teams, uh, you're actually playing more games and you, you, cause you're actually playing to the, like the, the final or the semifinal, you're playing on to the last day. So getting more games, um, yeah, and it was great memories. Because <laughs> when we talk about it, and, and I um, uh, don't want to glaze over any of it because there is so much there, to be fair. Um, but you, you to start the beginning of your titles at the ISCs, <clears throat> you pick up two um, with canning materials. And arguably for me, in uh, in that early patch, this was 2005 and 06, uh, in that patch, there was that final against the farm, and you guys are down a bunch, but someone forgot to tell the Kiwis. Yeah, yeah it's the old old saying, you know, it's not over till the fat lady sings, and um, the old Black Sox mentality, man, was it's not over, so was cool to sort of uh, clip them at the end. <laughs> um, uh, obviously, for myself uh, and a lot of the players in the team, it was it was uh, our first championship. So it was it was cool. it was an amazing feeling to actually finally get the elusive ISC title. Um, but I was thankful to like the Kiwi boys. You know, obviously. Um, Starts off with someone getting on, and then Patty hits a uh, bomb. It's too much yeah. shot, um, you know, because we're down three 0 three nil in the bottom of the seventh. Uh, Patty hits too much shot. Then um, I come up and tied it, tied it up, and then we're three all. And then uh, we get to a stage where it's uh, still two, it's two down with uh, loaded bases, and I'm pretty sure it was Larry. And then he hits a, it's a shot that's sort of uh, sort of between center and left, and the left field have made a diving play to end, uh, to sort of extend the game. So you know, could have you know, Larry could have been the uh, hero and win the game in the seventh, but um, an amazing play sort of took it away. Yeah. But that was it was cool because there was a lot of Kiwis and a lot of Kiwis on that team. Dude, um, the home run you hit this was it was an O'Clair, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. O'Clair. The home run you hit there. I had a chance to talk to Cena about it, but she says she's seen you hit a lot of home runs, but she thinks that's the biggest home run she's ever seen you hit or anyone hit. Yeah, it was, it was a big one. Oh, yeah, it was, it was a big one, and and only taking it from other people that actually was at the park that actually saw it because by the time I swung and then uh, looked, it was like, uh, where'd that go? I didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see it. Um, but like you know the bat technology we had then um, uh, and then the balls that they were using there was uh, worth worth um, so I they're rocks man yeah. and then the pitcher like it was Corey Grew and he throws yeah. bullets man he's like this Canadian pitcher that just throws gas and 
I just happened to be, you know, as they say, you just happened to be lucky to run into one. <laughs> and it went, it went far. <laughs> Bro, well, you run into it, all right. Because, uh, like I said, I was talking to Cena. She was there that day, as she's been at a lot of your events um, supporting you, bro. What has it been like to have her uh, besides you, Cuz? Oh, it's, it's, comf- it's comforting having, you know, your partner there, your, your loved one. Um, especially when you're overseas away from family um, but she's you know, very special because it's like your rock um, yeah. so you know you, after a game there's, there's, there's that love you're, that you go and go back to the room and you know it's cool with her because she's also a softball person and you actually yep. and she loves talking about softball <laughs> yeah so we actually you know um, she actually uh, helps me because um, we feedback on my games Uh more so these days when I was younger it took me like if I had a bad game it took it took a week for me to sort of settle down yeah. <laughs> to get over yeah. it yeah. Uh, and it, it took a while to sort of just get used to it now I'm actually um, being able to sort of just talk talk about it and so yeah I've seen it's been a big big part of that uh, softball journey um, over, definitely overseas nice how did you two meet? <laughs> yeah Back in my teenagers in high school, um, it was at a basketball gathering. So back in my days playing for Kelston. And uh, yeah, we were at a basketball gathering. She <clears throat> she had turned up um, and it was, you know, if, uh, most people know me, I'm quite shy. So it was just the old yeah. look up and, oh, hey, uh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> and then it wasn't until two years later. It wasn't until two years yeah. later that... Um, we actually, oh, there she is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told, uh, hello. Yeah. So it wasn't until two years later that um, our friends decided to uh, set us up. So my mate, he gives me a call and tells me, hey, man, there's this girl that um, um, that likes you. Oh, yeah, who's that? And you remember this girl? And oh, yeah, yep. And then she gets a call from her friend that goes, oh, there's this boy that likes you. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so, you know, it was like, here, give her a call. And I was like, okay. And I'm like, Joe, my sister, can you call this girl? Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was a joke or not. So, you know, so yeah. sure enough, my sister rings up and she's here. Because <laughs> <laughs> we were phone, I'm like, hello. And yeah, from there, and from there it was the um, start of a, a beautiful relationship. <laughs> oh, kia ora, Sina. Well, for those who uh, just uh, tuned in, Sina's joined us and the interesting thing on in this podcast tonight uh, is that Donnie is up in Osaka in Japan and Sina is here in Auckland New Zealand so kia ora Sina your man kia ora. <laughs> well, hey, wait, before we get on to softball talk about that phone call when the sister rang you what were you thinking um yeah I, I, I'm not going to lie I was actually quite happy because um when I'd met Donnie a year and a half before that, um, I, I quite liked him. <laughs> but I didn't think that uh, I would be his type. So, yeah. So when his, when his sister called me, I, I was pretty happy about that. <laughs> oh, man, that's, that is perfect. Sina, we were talking a little bit just before about um, how you've been so supportive of Donnie's career and but, but also got to witness a lot of some of the great things. We shared the moment of how large that home run was uh, in Eau Claire, I think it was 2005 or 2006, coming back against the farm. What is it like for you to sit there and watch him do his thing? 
Um, it's 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 pretty amazing, um, to be honest. Um, um, but yeah, no, it has it has really been. Um, I guess it's been quite an honour just having a front seat to all of this kind of stuff and seeing Donny achieve what he has over his career. Um, yeah, it, it's pretty special, and I think. It's not only seeing the highlights, you know, that everybody else sort of sees. It's also seeing some of the struggles and the challenges that he's been through as well and seeing how he's been able to work through those. You know, that, that's something that I've, I've been quite proud of as well. So that's been awesome to, to be a part of all of that. Donnie was just saying that he accredits the, the time that he gets to come back uh, and reflect on performances or situations with you and, and and a big part of that being that mental side of the game. Wait a minute, he said back in the early days, a loss would take him ages to get over, but now he's yeah. able to communicate a bit better about things. Yeah, absolutely. So um, when he was younger and, uh, you know, he would struggle with, with the losses and, and if we'd come off a diamond and he hadn't performed the way that he would like to, I'd be like, oh, no, here we go. Three days of silence coming up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. Um, but, you know, he's, he's done a lot better with, with, with recognising um, sort of how to deal with that, with that better. And, and so that's good. So, so I've made jokes with people before that we're now down to 30 minutes of silence, perhaps, instead of three days. So, so thank goodness for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Donnie, you would um, just let us in a bit of information about what you do about writing in your book and stuff with Nathan uh, how you did that is that helpful for you and and, and you and Cena to work through things uh, that you may need to work through at times yeah, no, definitely. It's def- definitely uh, helpful. Um, obviously, just to write things um, down so they actually have a visual as opposed to sort of trying to. Uh, I, I'm thinking about it in my head because you know there's, there's a lot of things that you have to sort of go through, and uh, you don't want to sort of chance and chance it and miss miss out on on some finer details. So writing it down is great. Um, so, and it's also a reference for you later in years so you know this back at, back at home there's some books that I've got from back in 2013 or something like that um, uh, books here uh, I've even used my phone sometimes to sort of just store it away in my notes so then like um, you know when you go to the ballpark and then you just need some sort of quick reference I'd look at my phone uh, before the game <laughs> not during the game or after you. <laughs> um, and then yeah so it's, it's there so yeah it's definitely helpful writing it down Awesome. Cena, when you look at back at, um, uh, and man, it's such a long career with Donnie, but what's been some of the highlights for you? Oh, there, there's a few. Um, I guess I've, I've really just loved watching him play all around the world. So I've loved watching him play in the Japanese league. Um, that's been different, again, from the ISCs and from the, you know, the leagues in New Zealand. Um, yeah, have absolutely loved watching him at the ISC level as well. That's been a lot of fun. And, um, of course, the 2004 2000, and the 2013 World Championships on home soil, that was really special, being able to, sh- to share that in person with them. On that question, is there like a massive room somewhere that's got all these prizes and medals and trophies <laughs> and rings? Where do we see that stuff? <laughs> no, nah, they're all nah. hiding in the cupboard somewhere, eh, Donny? Um, I think because we move around so much, they're just sort of tucked away. Um yeah, Donnie, you can probably answer that one a bit better than me. <laughs> no, you're right, right on there. Yeah, they all tucked away. Um, there's, uh, 
the, Amer- the ISC ones, yeah, I've sort of kept them. And then some of the Japanese ones, are, but I've sort of like, uh, yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Just quietly. <laughs> Just quietly, they can just stay here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> More just because I guess you know you've only got so much luggage luggage yeah. space, right? So, <laughs> fair enough. Transport, tra- you know, transport oh, well, things back. The day that you, the day that you do build the uh, Donny and Cena Hunkin Man and Woman Cave uh, <laughs> with all of that bling out there, I can't wait to come and uh, share a rum or two uh, and admire those stories uh, uh, together. Cena, obviously, the big news: uh, your man being inducted into the Sopo New Zealand Hall of Fame. What does that mean? Um, yeah, that's it. Just awesome, you know. Just a real nice way, I guess, to um, to honour Donny and and all of his achievements. So um, you're just just really special and and just really grateful to Softball New Zealand and to the Softball community for acknowledging him in this way. So yeah, um, I won't say too much more. Otherwise, I'll have to pull out the tissues. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, actually, Tony, Cena told me you told her that she started well, a while ago that she was starting to become the Mardi Gras of the White Sox. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like one of those uh, running jokes, and then it was like, hey, I've seen that before, and, and you know, in that sort of um, arena, and it's like, oh, yeah, you actually like Mardi Gras, man. Yeah, the Mardi Gras of the. New Zealand team, the White Sox. <laughs> oh, I, I just blame it on getting older, eh? I think you just get more emotional as you age, so I'm going to use that ticket yeah. use that card. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. And and deservedly so, your man is an amazing uh, legend of our sport uh, who's still lucky enough to keep on playing. Uh, and, um, and and we just, you know, we're all proud of, of you both, to be honest with you, uh, and what you give to our give to our great game of softball. Thank you. <laughs> Congratulations, Donny. Um, yeah, just really, really proud of you and, and all that you've achieved and um, just just really grateful that I could be a part of your um, softball journey for so long. And, um, oh, there it is, it's starting. <laughs> um, yeah, just, just really grateful that I could be a part of your softball journey for so long and, um, and just thankful for all of the softball adventures that we've had together. Mm, thank you, thank you, my dear. Thank you for being yeah. a part of the journey. Um, yeah, and like, yeah, when when you look, when I look back at it, and you know, there's so many uh, instrumental people that have been a part uh, that have helped me to where I am now. And um, uh, alongside family, seen as like probably the biggest part of uh, of my softball career. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. So, you know, being being together for so long, so it's you know, and then playing softball so long, you you you've been right there from the beginning. And it's been my pleasure. Thank you, dear. Um, mm. This is just really embarrassing. We're just you know putting on this public display of affection for each other. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's very, 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 very. <laughs> well, uh, rare. What, what was I thinking? What was I thinking? <laughs> nah, but thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Bloody thank chopper. You, <laughs> Uh, that's beautiful, you two. That, that is that is so beautiful. Well, Sina, uh, thank you for, um, for for popping on here uh, for your tani, and uh, and we hope you can get that bloody uh, MIQ spot book quick, smart, uh, so you can come home straight away when the season's finished. Thank you, 
No worries. I'd just say, um, I'd say to you, Donnie, maybe just a little bit in Japanese, but Donnie chan, Nijiranda Softboardy, no, Hall of Fame, Omidetone, and Taihen, Otsukarisomadista. Tokuro de, Otashino, Rioriga, Mada, Mazui, Kara, Ano, Hayaku, Nijirandoni, Kaitekurasai. So, so in English, she's just uh, congratulating me um, for making the Hall of Fame, and uh, she's not very good at cooking, and she wants me back to cook. cook <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I said that my, cook, my cooking is still really horrible, so could you hurry up and come home, please? <laughs> uh, that's kind of the most beautiful I want you to come home uh, message I think I've ever heard. Uh, yeah. Too much, Sina. Love you. Aroha. And uh, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much, Chopper. <laughs> too much. Too much. Wow, man. You too, eh? Far out. Uh, those, are, those are some good surprises, man. Cheers, cuz. Oh, you deserve it, brother. You deserve it. 100%, my friend. Did Nathan secretly become uh, a two-time guest and co-host? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Donnie, um, bro, that was mean. Uh, uh, just touching with uh, with Cena uh, in there, bro. Uh, let's let's continue now, Donnie, uh, with uh, your IC uh, career because you picked up five um, world titles uh, over there. Out of those five, uh, you know, two with County Materials, one with the farm, and then two with Jarvis in eleven and twelve. You know, anything out of those that stick it in your mind? 2005 because it was the actual first ISC championship that I had uh, been a part of. Yeah. Um, and then 2012 uh, because of the <clears throat> the individual feats that I had achieved. Um, you know, getting the getting the triple crown, the MVP, and then uh, rewriting the uh, RBI record. So there was a game in 2012 where you had a Grand Slam. You got seven RBIs in one match. <laughs> it's a record uh, that I think you initiated with a couple of people at the time. And we're, you were just off the hook that year. Yeah, that sort of similar to um, what Nathan was talking about earlier, you know, in 2014, slow start, and then sort of got uh, heated up um, middle middle stage. And then at the end, I had something similar with uh, that at the ISCs, even though it's only like, you know, less games. Yeah. Uh, first game, first two games, sort of just, sort of just uh, wasn't hitting well. But I was still hitting the um, the ball well. Um, wasn't like I was just getting uh, struck out. And then, yeah, just again, just got on a roll. Um, and when I think back at it, uh, pitchers are actually, pitch, uh, I was actually, um, pitchers were thinking what I was thinking, what I was looking for. <laughs> so you could sort of say I was guessing right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, um, and then a lot of that is more the tactical side. You know, obviously you're just working certain counts, and then with runners, different runners at uh, different positions, um, and then looking for a certain zone. And yeah, so when you talk about like that load of bases uh, hit, and then the three run shot after that, um, yeah, it worked in. Whereas you know, I was looking more that the middle half in this particular picture is, you know, time was throwing more uh, rise balls, so gave me a chance to elevate. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive, eh, Damien? Yeah, absolutely. That preparation, but also guessing, right? Handy. They both go hand <laughs> in hand, I'm sure. Yeah. I know some people like don't like, um, you know, obviously with hitting, you yep. taught, you know, just keep it simple. Just 
to see the ball hit ball, you know, that's great. And um, that's another way of looking at it. But then there's other times where, no, I'm looking for a specific zone. And I learned that through, again, through um, some some of the hitters before uh, my time, um, uh, the likes of, like, again, we talked about Jerry Martin, Thomas Markey, how they sort of work certain sides. Uh, I do remember um, hearing about Tyfell. He had always half the zone. Um, yeah. And then and to a point, even uh, some hearing some stories about Mark, how he used to sort of approach uh, certain at-bats. Very cool. Very cool. You know that approach, though. Did, would you, you know, those guys like half in the zone, would you change it up, though, as you went through a game or a tournament? Yep. It, 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 it'll change up. Uh, more so on the – because I, I, I'd work on, like, the catch's tendencies. Yeah. So – you know, like if you sort of just studied, watched um, scouts a little bit, um, maybe just you, you hear hear some stuff in the beer tent or, you know, passing by some other dudes, and you just add that to your game and try, try to remember that. So when you, you take that into your at-bats, um, again, like, you know, all, if, if, if a pitch is dominating on the outside, well, you know, you 80% you'll be sort of diving over to that outside but you still have to be aware of the inside pitch. So depending on the certain count, so earlier on the count first or no strikes or one strike, I'll be looking for the outside. Then when it gets the two strikes, then it's like, no, I have to cover the whole plate. Uh, dude, through your career in the States, you also, you win the uh, ASAs twice uh, with the FUM and uh, once with the Travellers. Uh, your all-world selection at the ASAs three times, MVP, most home runs in 2009. And, and we see just here a photo of you off the cover of the ICs in 2013 after uh, picking up the MVP in, in, in that 12 amazing uh, tournament. Dude, who was some of the, if we talk about hitting now, because that's a big part, who were some of the pitches that you were like, mm, he's going to be trouble? <laughs> Straight away it comes to mind, uh, Folkard. Mm-hmm. He's that young and up and coming dude, you know, obviously. Um, so you got Adam Folkard, uh, uh, Peaches. Um, Mike Picknick. Uh, yeah, Mike Picknick, the old lefty. Um, mm-hmm. And then. More so the pitches that um, and that threw hard, but didn't have much control. <laughs> I didn't want to get hit. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, uh, there was there was a, there was a period of time over in the American circuit or the IC circuit. You know, a lot of us Kiwis used to get hit quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, it was, and it's what I, you know, a lot of the time it wasn't on purpose. It's just you know they try to dominate the inside and. Oops, sorry. It's up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hard. Because uh, there brings me another question, man. Your bat, how heavy was it? <laughs> 26 ounce. 26. Why? Because why? So it all goes back, you know, when I was young and then, um, early in the career with the Black Sox, you know, everyone used 28 ounce. And I, I used 28 ounce, so, you know, that's a shocker for everyone out there. Mm. Um, uh, and it was a at a Black Sox camp, and we had um, internal games, and it was uh, north versus south. And, um, you know, we're, I've 
coming up against Marty Grant, and you know, at that time he was throwing, you know, he, was, he always throwing bullets, but yeah, yeah, sort of. T- uh, it's like, man, this these twenty eights, it's not cutting it. And then I have to come across a red Eastern bat, and was like, oh, this is lighter than all the other bats. I was like, oh, I'll try this. Who's bats this? And find out it was, it's Jared Martin's. Um, mm. But Jared doesn't use it. It's just more of a like a practice bet <laughs> I'm like oh man hey bro can I use it and he's like yeah go ahead you know with a bit of a smile yeah. and I was like well the dude's like man he's going to take that toothpick up <laughs> I'll get up there and you know I actually had a good at bat and I actually had a home run off Marty with the 26 ounce bet mm. um, and I was pretty much sold after that I was like wow okay right uh, the following year I'm, I'm actually looking for 26 ounce bet uh, and um the way my actual swing mechanics mechanics it's it, it suits the 26 because i actually wait a lot longer and i sort of uh, start my hitting um process as, as some of the some other hitters um you know obviously like you look at like nathan heave swings a 30 ounce uh, we have we have different sort of swing mechanics yeah um but the 26 ounce yeah uh the reason i use it is um better back control and then just uh, being able to get the bat through the, z- the hitting zone as quickly as possible. And, you know, when you've got something light, then, man, it's going to get through the zone. But back then, uh, if you, and if you, before that camp, before, if you ever used a 28, uh, anything lighter than 28, then it was always like a bottle bat. And, you know, back then, bottle bats, usually it was the slappers or the bunters that were using. Yeah, yeah. Or else it was a, a warehouse bat, you know, one of those, um, you know, school bats you use at uh, Intermediate that had you know, <laughs> the, color, the color blue with the black writing of home run. <laughs> and, you know, the, the distinctive sound of ting. Yeah. So it all changed with the bat technology because the bat technology helped, you know, with uh, the lighter bats, making them accessible. Mean, mean, because um, uh, just to kind of uh, put a bow on the uh, the American stuff, dude, uh, for the amount of time and the feats that you pulled off while you were in those leagues, uh, ASAs, ISCs, uh, Larry Miller, as we see in the bottom down there as a young pitcher. Because um, <laughs> how would you like people to remember Donny Howe in the States? Off the diamond, like a, a, a you know a good uh, a good a good person, on the diamond, um, one of the best at us. <laughs> oh yeah, it's straight to the point because it makes lots of sense to me too. Um, <laughs> Brother, we haven't even touched the Black Sox, and that's what I'd like to do now. Uh, we, we mentioned a little bit earlier you, you got your first start with the Black Sox uh, young as a pitcher, uh, and then uh, you come in later as a positional player. Firstly, if we go back to that very first time getting selected as a pitcher, because how did that come about and how did you feel? Did that come about? Um, that was on the back end of uh, not making the juniors, so 93. And then uh, the following year, 94, actually had a very good season uh, domestically, <clears throat> playing for Eden Roskill, uh, and then getting picked up by, uh, by Marist, going to... Uh, club nationals and having a good club nationals. Uh, I also had a good um, uh, provincials with Auckland. Uh, fin- mm. I think we finished. Th- with, uh, we finished third up in high tai tai, and um, uh, yeah, 
didn't I, don't, I can't remember, but I don't think I got a call, but I just remember mm. reading it on the newspaper. I think back then you just read it on the paper. Yeah. And it was like, whoa, it was it was actually quite cool because it was like uh it was something I wasn't really shooting for, but it just happened to happen. So I was like, Yeah, man, that's awesome. Oh, I was actually then then the feelings of kicking in was like, Oh, you know, I'm actually now playing the book, the men's team. <laughs> just, just I didn't make the uh, the junior program, but then now I'm into the men's program. The following well, as, year, as you mentioned, man, you're only like 18, 19 years of age at the time, too, right? Yeah, yeah, eighteen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, all, it's all new stuff, and uh, that was a great experience going on, on on tour with the with the you know my first Black Sox tour, um, being a part of a pitching staff with uh, Marty Grant. Um, Snap, uh, oh, yeah, Steve Leach, yeah. Steve Leach, yes, and and young Thomas Markia <laughs> back in his pitching days. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was just lucky because uh, they had some, um, uh, as I mentioned before, they had a few of the mainstays unavailable. So, you know, you'd like the likes of Mike White and, and Chub Tangaroa. Man, you come back though um, a few years later into the Sox '98, uh, as you talked about a bit earlier, transitioning into a positional player, and of course uh, the power of hitting uh, has taken over from starts in that 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 period of of your life. Um, what has it been like to being part of the New Zealand team? Being a part of the Black Sox or the Brotherhood, awesome. And uh, yeah, being a lot of, being a part of it is just uh, it's family, uh, and just having how else would you say? Trying to trying to put it in words, but definitely family and the love of, of the brotherhood, um, and then having having so many elite players in there to sort of learn off was probably a very um, a very good learning curve. Um, uh, but you had to earn it as well. So you had to to, to stay in there. You had to prove yourself because you know making it first is you know sometimes easy. Uh, oh, it's not easy, but it's you know, but it's harder to stay in there. So uh, it was cool to learn to, to to challenge yourself, but also have the the uh, what not the tools, but the uh, the people to help you along with the uh, with your journey. Awesome, because uh, Cena talked about two big uh, World Cups uh, that, that stuck up for you, two thousand and four and thirteen. I'm going to get into those in a little bit, uh, but for you, your first world title was East London, South Africa, two thousand. Yeah, uh, East London, South Africa. Yeah, man. When I first heard it was over there uh, um, at East London, I was like, oh, cool, we're going to Europe. <laughs> 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 and then you, then you find out it's like, no, nah, South Africa. I was like, whoa, oh, okay, cool, nice. Yeah, Go to South Africa, and that was that was actually quite a cool experience, man. Um, uh, <laughs> I remember the first the first game in the 2000 World Series. Um, I actually had a bit, uh, pretty good um, pre tour, so having a pre, pretty good pre tour got me a start on the first game. Um, but I actually had a sore foot on that first game because before that we um, we were doing BP and. Mm-hmm. Uh, my good old mate Brad Rona, you know, because he he could pitch, so he was yeah. asked to do some pitching for BP. But man, he didn't, you know, obviously he didn't want to get hit hard or you know have any shots hit back at him, so he'd throw it all inside, nice and tight. 
<laughs> and like, now I'm just taking a uh, having a swing, and then I actually hit one into my um, into my foot. left foot. Oh. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's sore. So, you know, I'm like, oh, that should be all right. And I'm actually hobbling. So, I'm and then I get named in left field, and we're at first base dugout. Oh. So, you know, <laughs> I'm hobbling out to left field, eh, and uh, I think we were fielding first, and I remember hobbling back out. And I remember, I remember Mark coming to him, up to me, he's like meeting me at the dugout, meeting me at the dugout, and he's saying, Hey, you all right? Like, yeah, what's wrong? What's wrong with your foot? And I was like, Nothing. It's like, If you're injured, get off. <laughs> I'm like, I'm thinking in my head, well, you know, I'm sort of a bit shocked, but like, you know, this is the World Series, you know, this is, yeah. um, you know, you know, we're here to do a job. Uh, and I'm thinking in my head, like, no, nah, shut up, man. No, I want to hit. Because <laughs> this was our only easy game because we're playing the Thuso, I think it was. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. And it was like my my debut, my, you know, yep. at, at World Series. And nah, man, I'm going to hit. <laughs> I get in there <laughs> and uh, my first step uh, hit a home run. So I was, actually, I was like, yeah, I got that off. You know, you tick that off the list. Yeah. Hit a home run at a World Series. Um, and then carry on through uh, that 2000 World Series. Um, had a r- bit of a rough pitch, uh, but still would be in the starting lineup. And you know, to get the job done, uh, to win, like uh, that, like I said, that was, that was the first time I had actually won a you know a major title uh, that I was a part of. And funny story, man. So you know, they named the team. You know, when you na- they named the team the day you know uh, the morning of the yeah. games. Yep. And when they named the first team, I'm like, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. I'm a bit nervous, but I was like, oh, cool. I'm excited. And yep. as the week goes and each game goes, you know, my name keeps getting called out. And I'm like, getting nervous. Because <laughs> yeah. now, now we're getting now we're getting deep into the tournament. And and it's like, it says like, don't, don't pick me. Don't pick me. Don't pick me. <laughs> 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 you know, I'm not, yeah, the only people that know that story is the scene. So I'm actually sharing this. So, <laughs> and I was just being honest. I was just like, yeah. man, I'm just oh, but because I was saying that. But then when I get to the diamond, and you know, it's, it's game face. You know, uh, yeah. you go, you actually go through your your game routine, your process, and you forget all that stuff. You still have nerves and stuff, mm. Um, mm. but yeah. But when the name to you, I do remember saying, no, no, don't pick me, don't pick me, don't pick me. Beginning <laughs> 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 of the week. Oh, damn, you took me. Oh, hang on, wait, what happens if I change my spot and go somewhere else wide? <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro, wicked. Because if we go to 2004 now, uh, one of the distinct things I remember from that tournament, if I, if I remember it correctly, it was in the final. You're playing right field and someone rips one down the line and you you do the full out dive forward in foul territory and been a bit of rain or something earlier and you just slid for a mile on this amazing catch because how did it feel one making a catch like that in such an important game and in front of a packed house uh, in New Zealand I felt good making that catch um, especially after a couple of mishaps I had before <laughs> a couple of couple of at-bats before in the game before against Canada um but then to stick that catch was, uh, yeah, it was satis- it was satisfying because, um, it, like you said, it was in a big moment. It's in a big moment in the final, and 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 every out is key. Um, yeah, and lucky it had rained. You know, it was wet because I reckon if uh, if I dived in on it and it was dry, oh, it just like 
God, just stop. <laughs> I would not have gone through, <laughs> gone through this lid. So thankfully it rained. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was amazing because make the catch and then um, you know we were that's right field. So we were in third base dugout and then to run back and yeah. then um, usually you know for us it's just uh, it's just business. We all go back to the dugout, but then uh, most of the boys were all waiting there. Um, waiting outside in front of the dugout, man, you give me the high five, yeah. you know, and that sort of that picks you up. And you know, again, it's like a big, you know, all all outs are important, and you know, because um, it was a final, you know, it sort of picks up everyone, you know, leading into uh, the offensive side. Donnie, to be uh, the first time ever in your career to win on home soil in front of your fans and your Fano, what was that like? Yeah, it was it was awesome. Um, Awesome to get the job done, uh, and like you say, uh, to do it in front of family and friends. Um, sometimes it's, it quite, can be quite daunting doing it, but um, I think for a lot of us, we're actually very tunnel vision yep. on the job. Um, once we had done the job, then we actually sort of uh, realised, and then it was like you know, you look around, and just like wow, look what we did, and we did it in front of our f- family and friends. So very proud, very proud moment. To do it, uh, and then you know having them there. So obviously in two thousand, uh, I was away from family and friends. Um, yep. And you know, back then you didn't have mobile phones. So uh, actually, the first person I actually called was Cena <laughs> in two thousand, nice. and, uh, and it was at our residence. We just went back, and it was you know one of those um, those phone phones that uh, I'm pretty oh, sure it's still <laughs> Because it was old school, so it was South yeah. Africa at a bloody um, uh, university dormitory type thing, and so I just remember I was so excited. I wanted to, tell, I wanted to uh, share it, and yeah. Cena was the one I actually called. <laughs> awesome! Yeah. Oh, imagine it's like take a five minutes from... later. <laughs> you don't want to make a mistake here because you had to start all over again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I mean, bro, 2013, you get to repeat the process this time in Auckland. What was different or what was, you know, what was it, what were those two experiences like for you? Again, happy to do it in front of family and friends. And then uh, they're both similar, really. Um, and then when, when, I, when I do think about it, yeah. um, usually when I'm in tournament mode, I don't, I don't sort of, venture off and think outside of uh outside of just actually that tournament and it's just i'm just all in in, in that um, mode um sure there are times where you know you, you have downtime where you can actually go and see family which was uh convenient it's awesome you know because obviously you're in your own country you can actually then if you needed to sort of have a rough, if you had a rough patch and you need to sort of get some confidence and you can actually see your family which was a, a good thing obviously i didn't have that in yeah. 2000 um but of 2004 and 2013, that was uh, it played a good, a big part for a lot of us on the, on those teams. Actually, one more question, just in around that 2009, you were the last out against uh, Adam Folkard. Because yep. <clears throat> was there some hang up after that? And how do you move past those moments? Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, so being the last out, uh, I just I do remember swinging it. <laughs> I don't know how I missed that low rise, and then just standing there and just watching them celebrate. Uh, that one hurt, um, and, and it took it, that took a while for me to sort of get over. Um, 
but the I had to sort of get on with it because uh, it was mid-season of the American circuit, so I actually had to go back yep. and play for the farm. And um, uh, I do remember <laughs> it was the ASA tournament, was the, the, the following tournament, and, <clears throat> and I couldn't sleep for two days. Like, it, you know, you go to lie down, but you just, it always come back, play on your head and like, mm. roll over and roll over. And you only get like probably two hours sleep. And it, yeah, that one hurt because, you know, obviously we had such a great team. We're really good, really good, but yep. just not good on, uh, you know, obviously just on the day or at that tournament, mm-hmm. just being being good at that tournament. And yep. Australia just had our, uh, Falkart had our number, basically. Yep. Yeah. Hey, look, bro, sometimes it's just their turn. And he mm. put on an amazing performance and it was their time. It was their turn, you know, and, uh, you know, I guess if you flip it around, you know, poor old Australia hasn't won a World Cup since... Um, and you feel sorry for Adam, uh, you know, uh, with that in mind. Um, yeah. But, you know, they deserved it that year and, and good on them, eh? Yeah, no, for sure. Oh, man, they definitely deserved it. They um, had the two best pitchers in the world uh, at that tournament. Um, and, and obviously, uh, at the time, you know, you, you're like, nah. <laughs> But uh, as, as as time goes on, you sort of reflect on it and you look at it and you're like, oh, yeah, no, nah, man, they, they, you, you look at it and you're like, yeah, no, nah, they deserved it. Well done. Good on them. But that, for us personally, as the Black Sox um, crew, we, you know, that was like a, um, something to sort of work on for, you know, it was like a, yeah. uh, how would you say it, uh, incentive to sort of, to not, you know, to get back on, in the, on the number one pedestal. Yeah, hard, hard. Um, and you guys did that, you know, four years later, 2013. Uh, mm-hmm. You beat Venezuela in the final. You beat Australia on the way through. Uh, and, you know, you got the you got the job done. So, uh, you know, we all thank you. Bro. We thank you immensely for that. Uh, I've got one more question about the Sox, but before I get to that one, because what, what um, you know, from your time in the Sox, what will you cherish the most? The friendships, you know, the, uh, the brotherhood. Um, and look back, and there's, there's so many uh, athletes that went through the uh, Black Sox program, and just you know, making um, new friendships and then adding to the brotherhood. Um, you know, uh, and then traveling, traveling. You know, you have you know the sport, the sport of softball, uh, being able to travel the world and and play in different places. Um, yeah, those are great experiences. Great memories. Outstanding, brother. Outstanding, great memories indeed. Because my last question on the Sox uh, actually comes with the end of your career with the Sox. 2014, um, when uh, I think Mark Sorensen was in charge, and uh, you don't have to tell us how he told you or whatever the case was. But what we saw publicly, because from the Sopple fraternity, and everyone changing their uh, profile picture to that iconic uh, home run you hit in 2011. I, I think it was against AU in the final there. It was thousands and thousands of people changed their profile picture to that without any words needed. Hmm. What was that like? Yeah. That was amazing. That was uh, very humbling to sort of feel the love from everyone out there. You know, obviously, um, the love, the pain that uh, of of hearing 
myself getting dropped from the from the World Series team or from the Black Sox. Uh, and yeah, that was yeah, that was yeah, no words really, but just emotions of like happy, uh, thankful for for the love. I've never seen that ever before, because for a softball player, anywhere in the world, uh, that type of reaction. Uh, and um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, yeah, wicked. Um, thanks to um, Pablo or Paul, um, yeah. the, the person that actually uh, took the photo. Um, uh, he, he, he had sent it through, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, this is man, this is some cool shots. Awesome, thank you very much." And, and then uh, I actually used it as a as a um, profile photo. Um, and then, yes, obviously, that's like they like say when when the news come out, then pretty much um, people showing the love, or you know, just used it. Can I just tell you a story? Um, I don't know if Buzz already told you this one, but um, he saw that we were interviewing you, and of course, the photo came up. So you just saw the black and white one. He had to play with that, I think, a couple of days ago. Um, <laughs> once he knew it was coming up, but. Um, in relation to this, this is how um, I guess a chain reaction of of your good deeds and you dominating, um, inspiring others. So I just want to read a message that he put on here. Um, this was pretty much the moment. This is from Polo. Okay, <laughs> this was pretty much the moment and the pick where I decided I could do a decent sports photography and eventually arrived at where he is today. He'd already re- um, you'd already launched your first home run as he arrived at the park, and that was your second one you'd done. So it was the shot and the entry-level camera, standard kit and everything. So that's what started and gave him the influence to start his um, actual photography company. So that shot, you doing you what you do best, mate, is uh, what influenced someone else. So well done. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you. And wow, that's, that's cool. Because, yeah, because um, I do follow him um, on, on Facebook, friended him and everything. And I just noticed to see, I've seen some of his, his work uh, with uh, um, soccer and softball, and it's been amazing. Um, but wow. Very cool. It's cool to hear, man. Very, very cool indeed. While we're on that track, uh, uh, Donnie, we've got a few other comments um, from uh, some of our viewers who'd like to ask and pass on a few comments. Yeah, no, everyone was so excited to, to hear you were on here. Um, one of the first comments off the bat was from a, a guy called uh, Roman Gabriel. He wants to know um, the easiest <laughs> opponent and in infield darts comps. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, no, that's a, that's an easy one. That's um, so well, we have a group of um ballers that go over to the infield over Roman's house and you know uh, hosts uh, dart night, and we've got like uh, um softballers, you know. So we've got John Hurley, um, Taifa Metai, Bionukunuku, um, obviously Roman the host, and then there's so we get some guest appearances like of Kurt Allen and then uh, Campbell Gibson, uh, some of the Anoka boy or the Anoka brothers, Ben. Yeah. Thomas and Campbell, and then uh, Pitta turns up every once in a while. <laughs> but yeah, out of the lot, um, Kurt Allen would be the easiest. <laughs> <laughs> I like you, Kurt. Sorry. Yeah, lucky. Yeah. Uh, speaking yeah. of speaking of Paolo, um, he wanted to know if you were going to be making your softball t-shirts again, as his is getting pretty old and worn out. Yeah, hailstorm, hailstorm. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe when when um, it's all done and dusted here in Japan, um, we might 
on myself and Cena were looking uh, looking to maybe sort of uh, getting up and running, but uh, probably not at uh, at this you know at this you know, well, at this time. We'll keep him informed anyway. Uh, Calvin <laughs> Roberts, he's pretty sure it was twenty four ounces, not twenty six. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good question. Yeah, some some days it actually felt like twenty four. <laughs> you whip it through, but yeah. Thanks for that smart, uh, smart comment. <laughs> <laughs> Would it be like him, eh? Would it be like him? Um, mate, there's just <laughs> lots of comments on this side of, of things. I'm sure Chopper's got a lot on his page. I've just, you're just one of the best. So I, th- I suggest you, you jump on and see all the love of um, everyone around the world uh, giving you love about who you are off the field, not just the, the accolades and the accomplishments that you had on the diamond. So well done, mate. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's cool. Just, well, I actually had um, sort of looked at some of those comments and uh, it's cool to sort of see a comment from a person that I didn't think would, you know, that actually doesn't go on Facebook quite often. Um, Ian yeah. Furman. Yeah. yeah. Man, that, that dude doesn't go on thing and it was cool to sort of, oh man, the man, eh? Showing some love. Uh, one more. I got uh, another message here. Um, this is from Benny, Thomas Cameron. He said, to tell him... <laughs> Tell him that he uh, appreciates everything you did for the guys and for letting him borrow your Tupac cassettes back in the day. <laughs> oh, you're welcome, Benny. Uh, yeah, another brother that's been a part of the, the you know, uh, my journey um, and been a, a big part of the, the Ramblers in Auckland mm-hmm. sort of uh, run. So <laughs> the Tupac, eh? Oh, Tupac's a good, he's a good artist, that one. <laughs> Job, what do you got, brother? <laughs> um, I just think there's got this one here that kind of sticks out, and this goes with the because not only did you hit home runs, man, you hit monster home runs. This one from uh, John Younger is like Johnny hit a ball against us, and I see Fargo 2004 short hopped the baseball fence. I mean, dude, <laughs> you didn't just swing it, you swung it hard, yeah. Um, at a young age, you know, it was all about uh. Um, going for home runs, <laughs> and, in, and and uh, also with um, remember my Maris days, you know, uh, I'd always have a competition with uh, Patrick Shannon of how many home runs we could hit, uh, hit. and basically it was just swing off, swing hard, swing out of your boots. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, so the guy that hit three home runs in his first game, you probably just thought it was normal, like get a double, you'd be upset or something. But yeah, well, to be honest, even to this day, you know, sometimes you do like you hit a single or a double, and it's like, damn, man, I need to lift that one up or far out. And and the old thing, um, we go back uh, here in Japan, you know, you go back into the dugout and they're like, oh, nice hit, and and, and they'll turn and go, oh, missed missed the shot. <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> oh, because that's cool, uh, Donnie. Man, you've been so gracious with your time, uh, Donnie. I've got your stats for the Black Sox. I believe that to the very last thing, and I'm going to bring them up because they're a wow factor for sure. But before we get to that, bro, we've been saving the last segment, the last spot, and something special just for you. Oh, Chopper, I love how you uh, threw that carrot of a stats uh, three hours ago when we started this uh, yeah. little talk, <laughs> and you're still not going to give it to him. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Hey Donnie, you've been. Um, we were talking about this uh, before, mate. It's uh, you're, it's the last selection of the All World Team. Um, we've uh, filled it up. I, I think Chopper gave you a special, special one to fill. Well, but no, it's you. It's you. You're the you're the manager. You're the GM. Uh, wherever you want to put someone, if you want an impact player, if you want to name a coach, uh, whatever you want to do, mate. This is episode twenty. 
Uh, you've uh, given us so much of your time already, mate. So the least we can do is let you pick whatever you want to go on this field. Yep, I'll go with uh, Super Sub. Um, this person's from Canada. Uh, his name is Rob Gray, and um, he was an elite, he's an elite hitter from out, out of Canada. Uh, yeah, he's and a, and a very good friend. Well, there you go, man. Wicked. So officially the super sub or pinch hitter for the Beyond the Dugger All-World men's team coming out of Canada, nominated by Donny Howe, is Rob Gray. Oh, kia ora, cuz. You have completed our All-World men's team. Now we just got to find some chump that wants to take us on. <laughs> take us through the, to the ship. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Chop, we've got commentary for that one. Uh, eh? Awesome, bro. That is awesome. Be sure to do what you covered. Uh, Donnie, I was saved the best to last, man. These are your career stats, batting stats uh, for uh, the Black Sox and uh, a career that spans from the beginning as a pitcher uh, to the end as a hitter. Majority of your career, obviously, as a hitter. 20 years from start to woe, 94 to 2014, sorry was, if I got my notes right there. Either way, a very, very long period of time, my friend. You were Black Sox number 110. Mm-hmm. Your total games of 149. You had 475 played appearances for the Black Sox. That's how many times you dug in for your brothers. 45 walks. Ooh. You got hit by pitch 21 times. Wow. <laughs> Ouch. No <laughs> wonder you wore those protection guys. 143 hits. But here's the big one, bro. You had 134 RBIs in your career for the Black Sox on the back of 39 home runs. Wow. Okay. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You did have eight stolen bases in your career. Oh, yeah, man. I, I used to steal bases. Yeah. I used to steal bases when I was young. Like, people might <laughs> people might think I didn't run the base, but no, I did. <laughs> nice. Nice. And he got caught once for a career batting average over 20 years, as we talked about, of 359. 359 career batting average. Simply amazing and completely worthy of a Hall of Fame uh, status, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Thank yeah, you. Clap yourself, big time. <laughs> well, I was just joining the, the crew because they're all like, you know, I can see them. Yeah, let's clap. <laughs> Uh, oh, Donnie, man, uh, it's such a pleasure because um, uh, when we uh, um, heard you were being inducted, uh, we definitely, we we're always going to get you on anyway, um, but wanted to make it something special. I hope you've enjoyed today. Oh, it's been our complete honour and privilege to have you, your friends, your teammates, and uh, and your number one, Cena, uh, here with us today on Beyond the Dugout. Yeah, man, I think, thank you, Damien. Thank you, Chop, for um, having me on board. Um, and yeah, it was, it's like one of these ones. It's like, whew, actually, it was quite um, quite enjoyable. Um, uh, as people know out there, this is not my cup of tea. I just like really doing this stuff. But uh, you guys have been really um, uh, easy to work with, which is which is really good. Um, so yeah, thank you very much. 
Hey Tony, I, I appreciate it, mate. I've um I've only you know seen you from a distance, met you once uh, up at Rosedale, and um mate, it's been an absolute honour to sit here and fanboy out for the last few hours and and listen to your stories and you know get see Roman and Nate and and Cena jump on as well, mate. I hope you enjoyed your Beyond the Dugout. This is your life, Donny Hale, because um mate, mate, I absolutely loved it. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, uh, thank you guys and thank you for the surprises, man. Wow. <laughs> too much well enjoy the rum on us uh, tonight it's been one of the greatest outfielders but definitely one of the greatest sluggers uh, that the Golden Homes Black Sox have ever had he's won six domestic club national championships seven provincial championships for Auckland he's won it all ISC five times the ISF or the WBC World Cups three times you name it ASA's Japan League MVP top hitter it's just everywhere. He's been everywhere. He's become an icon of our sport, still playing in Japan, and good on him to We're simply amazed. 20 years in the Golden Homes Black Sox. That is Donnie Howe. Awesome. Thank you, for, thank you guys. <laughs> uh, man, you, you guys are awesome, man. Nah, man, that was, uh, that was really good. Where do you start with Donny Hale? I don't know, man. Um, well, we covered all of it, I hope, because um, there was, um, yeah, I just, I sat here as a fan there, mate, as I do in most of these, but I just enjoyed, um, I, I enjoyed him recalling um, the stories, you know, the the smiles he was bringing to the table, the little surprises that we chucked in there for him to, because um, we heard he was quite nervous building up to this and it's not really a thing of his to do but you know he asked other people to go outside their comfort zone so he leads by example and that's what he did today how does Donny Hale not have a man cave I mean I've done a quick count and I'm he's over 30 international national major tournament wins yeah man over uh, 30 wow yeah the the when when we um when we line up a guest, ladies and gentlemen, we always send through uh, a questionnaire, and um, yeah, Donny's was three pages of uh, goodness, and um, we could have gone and uh, we could have pinpointed any of those, and that would have been a, a podcast in, in itself, you know, just uh, one of those things. So, uh, for for the accomplishments that he's done throughout the world, to uh, still be doing it as well, and um, yeah, I mean, if anyone wants to contribute to the man cave eventually and get the uh, chip in for a container to get his awards back from Japan as well um, you know, I'm sure it'd be welcome to <laughs> yeah very cool dude I'll tell you what bringing in his teammates his buddies and um, capping it off with Cena mm. and the way those two relate with each other too good yeah, that was a, a very, very cool uh, thing to add in there, Chop, and well done for for sussing those out. Um, all I had to do was press the buttons in the background and make sure they got on and, and the boys um, had their internet sorted, which we got there in the end. Uh, but yeah, having Nathan Nukunuku, uh, previous previous guest and a future guest, our White Sox coach, uh, Roman Gabriel, um, jump on the pod to you know honour their bro and um, share the moment with them and and us uh, releasing to the world that uh, Donny Hale going into the Hall of Fame of Softball New Zealand. Too. Very special. Very special. 
very, very special bud and our complete privilege to uh, have that exclusive. Thank you to Soulful New Zealand allowing us to do that, man. Um, yeah, yeah, very, very cool. Oh, I just, uh, I said Roman and Nooks, but, um, you know, Cena to go out of her comfort zone as well and, and come on and, and share her aroha for her man and, um, and uh, you know their journey from early through right through. So uh, yes, uh, as I said, special. Uh, there you go. One thing, I, a story I did bring out at the time with him. I didn't want to embarrass him with it, uh, but it was the story of how he got the nickname Odie or Otis. Otis, yeah. And it goes to one of the other characters in his own software, Tafai Mauta and uh, Taifal um, and Dion looking look, heading to a tournament in, uh, in, in Hamilton I think it was and uh, they were both in a jovial mood and Donnie used to wear his caps straight never bent them and stuff and of course he's seen a bit of sunlight in his time so he's got a bit of a dark complexion and they like dude he just looks like um, that Braves player what's his name what's his name oh, that's right Otis Nixon. <laughs> you got to Google it, man. Dead ringer of Otis Nixon. That's how you got nicknamed Otis. Odie. Always good to know where nicknames come from. Sometimes stories are way less exciting than the names. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Well, Hailstorm's the one I love, man. Number 22. Donnie Hale, what a legend. Yeah, and you know absolutely. what? That wraps us up for episode 20 in the 20, books. Mates. 20, mates. 20. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I know you'll be celebrating because in a couple of days' time, you're going to move to level three oh, in yeah. Wellington. And I'm sure a week after that, you'll be down at two and back to business. Man, I just can't wait. I'm itching. All this talk during the softball set, uh, during the winter, has just made me itch, man. Itch. And I've been throwing the ball down for my dogs. Um, but I just can't wait to go out and ha- have a bit of preseason with the fellas, eh? Because, um, yeah, there's nothing like it. I can't wait. I just want to give a shout out to all our listeners uh, out there. Thank you so much for your feedback on who we should bring on to the pod. And Damien and I have been really busy this week and we've locked in a whole bunch, um, recorded quite a few uh, this week, get a bunch to go next week as well, as well as some international guests. So keep keep coming with the suggestions. Um, I'll tell you one suggestion we we're after, and that is, and you'll see with Donny, he made the last pick of the Beyond the Dugget All Men's or World Team selection so we want a segment to finish off the podcast going forward so come on with some ideas for us see what we can come for a segment to wrap up the podcast i love that mate um yeah that's how donny came to be this week uh, we set out last week who should it be and old um but buddy tyron bartarello he uh he he's the one that said hailstorm and it ended up getting like 30 or something likes on it so um yeah, I love involving the people. And yeah, if you can think of that next segment, if uh, we've got the all-world team, uh, what can we do next? What can we what can we throw out to these legends as we continue on this uh, journey of Beyond the Dugout? Perfect. Sounds good. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening or watching from wherever you are in the world. Stay safe, be kind to each other, and we'll see you all next week. Episode 20 in the books. I'm Jason Gubis, aka Chopper, and of course, Damien Collins. Love you all. See you. 
be on the dugout Lace them up and we run out Step up to the plate, swing away, or you get struck out Pitch you on the mound like you don't wanna face this Hit it so hard, you be running around the bases Do it for your teammates, do it for the fam Do it for your city, true ballers understand You gotta work together, you gotta find a way Put your body on the line and make that play Be on the dugout, lace them up and we run out Step up to the plate, swing away, or you get struck out Pitch you on the mound like you don't wanna face this Hit it so hard, you be running around the base Be on the dugout be on the dugout. Be on the dugout. Be on the dugout.